This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and film, Star Wars, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and beyond, Pokemon, the Walking Dead universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike, and most things in between. That's right, guys, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtalklips at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtalklips, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash We'd love some listener feedback. Well, hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Nerd Talkalypse. This is episode 36, I believe. It is the Doctor Strange special. We finally saw it, and it was uh, quite an evening. It was. Yes, it was interesting. We won't go into detail about our evening, because we look like (laughs) idiots, but we saw the movie, and we'll get into our opinion on that. Well, yeah, and I, I would like to say that we did not get to see it in IMAX 3D. Like we said, we were going to see it. Part of our idiocracy. Yes. Uh, and uh, the, my wife isn't necessarily to blame because she has no idea where she's going on the road anyway. So she was just along for the ride. So me and Lane were just idiots that night and we fucked up. No. It wasn't. No. I don't, I, it was I my fucking Google phone's fart. Fart, fart. It was your phone's fart. It's my phone's fault. Uh, goddamn Google Maps. All right, so we're going to go get right we into... Summarize What's that? We didn't make a summary for Aaron Legends. You're very right. Well... Fuck it, we'll just talk about it. Yeah, we'll just talk about it, that's fine. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started on nerd news, and we'll get into all the Doctor Strange goodness. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. We're gonna read all of these. Well, I mean, that's all I that's all I got. We so, can read a few. All right, so we got nerd news. The only we have two, literally two items of news because this is all it was worth. This is after the putting up. What's that? This is after that. Are you recording right now? Yeah. Oh, this is all that was worth putting up. Uh, there's two articles of Harry Potter news. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> and one of them is not even an article. They're just early reviews for Fantastic Beasts. But. Which are great to hear. If you're a Harry Potter fan, reading these reviews is just amazing. Like yeah, You can't wait. For sure. So the first thing we got is that Johnny Depp has been confirmed to be playing Gellert Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts sequel. But I just heard this morning that he's also going to be in the first movie, but I guess you only see the back of his head. So if you're into seeing Johnny Depp's head, I don't even know if we'll be able to pick it out. But Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a scene where we, we know that that's Grindelwald. Like, oh, look. That's Grindelwald. Yeah, Maybe. I'm so I'm not sure. And I'm sure all of you Harry Potter fans know who Gellert Grindelwald already is, but just to let you know, he is he grew up with Dumbledore. They were looking for the Deathly Hallows together, and Grindelwald became a villain of sorts, and Dumbledore had to stop him. So that's just a little idea of who Gellert Grindelwald is, if you do not know. 
And uh, speaking of Fantastic Beasts, 24 advanced screenings and 24 certified fresh reviews, 100% rating. On Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> That's crazy. Yes. It doesn't happen ever. <laughs> Not even with Doctor Strange. It didn't happen. Like, we thought that was high. This is yeah. high. I mean, so yeah, so 24 of their critics who got advanced screenings have had nothing but wonderful fucking things to say about this damn movie, and I am thrilled. And I just want to read a couple of these that that are uh, there's like I've got all 24 of them right here, but <clears throat> nobody wants to sit here and listen to us read reviews. But we'll do a couple. Yeah. So the first one, the first one I'll read is the one right off the top. It says "Mix Magic." It's from David Edwards, Daily Mirror from the UK. It's posted on November 13th, 2016. The original score of four out of five stars. He said "Mix Magic Monsters." And Muggles, and the result is the movie we've all been waiting for since Harry Potter hung up his wand. So that in and of itself excites me greatly. Yes. Because there's we love a lot of things, but Harry Potter has to be at the top of that list. Like, yeah. But, all right. I say, um, from Matthew Bond, Daily Mail from the UK. He says, it's every bit as good as Potter and quite possibly even better. I absolutely loved it. I gave it a five out of five. Which is good. Yeah, that's the, even even better. Saying that it's better than the movie is, is almost expected because the movies weren't all that great to begin with. But um, now, don't hate us on that. The movies were fine, but yeah, from you know the best thing. The thing I told DJ yesterday was the best part about these movies is that we don't have a book to base it on. True, we're not going to be picking shit out. You know, Fantastic Beast movie is its own entity. You know, they had a Fantastic Beast book, but I don't think it wasn't that. It was just no, a book like about a, the yeah, beast. it was a yeah. But it's like a, a textbook that they read yeah. in Hogwarts school. We can't pick it apart. If Harry Potter, say there was never any Harry Potter books, and they just released these Harry Potter movies, I'm sure we would have been like, "Fuck yeah, that was badass," because we wouldn't know what we're missing. Right. So, you know, that, we, yeah, it's completely understandable. So, but even even so, like having nothing to base this off of is just great. Knowing that like Potter fans are going out to watch it. And are loving it this much. So I'm going to read... I'm going to read... I said one more each. Okay. Um, so this one here. It says, The Potter movies were so were so well-conceived that they contain endless possibilities for more entries, and the Fantastic Beast takes the bait right on cue and not repeating a formula so much as enriching it with spellbinding polish. This came from Eric Cohn from IndieWire, and he's also listed as a top critic. He also... He gave the uh, an original score of a B plus. so that... Is for a one of the, for fantastic. a top critic. That's good. This one down here just says "fantastic is right." I was gonna say that too. Like <laughs> that's not gonna count as one, but he just says "fantastic is right." That's all he says. It's crazy. Every single one of these reviews is great. Not a single person has shit to say about this it. This is an interesting one. I'm gonna read this. No, oh, this is the one I want to read. Who needs Harry Potter? With Fantastic Beasts, it's undeniable that the clear star is screenwriter and Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling. So. From Matt Goldberg and from Collider. Collider. Well, so yeah, like I said, if you want to check these out for yourself, just go to Rotten Tomatoes. It's front page news. You know what I mean? The movie doesn't even come out until Friday. Oh, yeah. And it's all, it's all, you know, people are a buzz. Like we saw a trailer for it on uh, for Doctor Strange, and it was so good. Like, oh, my God, yeah. I can't like we've seen that trailer before, but something about seeing it on the big screen was... Spectacular. Oh, fantastic. Amazing. I can't even... Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to complete what we have for Nerd News, unfortunately. That's be the shortest Nerd News ever. Yeah, that definitely is because we've <coughs> talked about it for... We've been on, on air for 9 minutes and 30 seconds, and usually Nerd News encompasses like about 20 minutes, so mm -hmm. I, just, I don't know what to say. 
this is a very out of the ordinary. If we seem more energetic, it's because it's nine o'clock at night, and we're usually doing this at nine o'clock in the morning. You're right. So we're just tired as shit by the time we get in. But all right, so we're gonna move right into the Doctor Strange movie review and chat about it. And I don't have a cue for any of this stuff, so we can just move right into it. You have the music, or is that from the? Beginning? That was just for okay. the intro. <clears throat> all right. Movie title is Doctor Marvel's Doctor Strange, which we all very should know already, was released on November 4th, 2016. Uh, I'm going to give you an intro, uh, a free spoiler, a spoiler-free plot. We're going to start off with that. That way anybody watching can just, you know, hear this and then hear, listen to the, the rest, rest of it later. Before he met the Sorcerer Supreme, Dr. Stephen Vincent Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, was an unlikable and egotistical neurosurgeon. Everything changes when a car accident limits Strange's use of his hands, sending him on a maddening quest for a miracle cure. This origin story introduces the magical and mystical realms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <clears throat> so, it, it also... It also sort of... It, it's, it's really hard to place where this movie happens, but as far as we know, it takes place during the events of Winter Soldier, and the events of the movie bring us up to date with the rest of the MCU. So I don't know how true that is. I know that um, <coughs> we'll find out for sure. Like I don't. Right. Wanna, I almost spoiled something, so I don't want to. I don't want to say anything spoilery. But um, we got the actors and actresses are Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Rachel McAdams, Tilda Swinton, Mads Mikkelsen, Benedict Wong, which I think is hilarious. Um, and uh, this guy's name is Ch- Chiwetelli. Ejiofor? Yeah, he's the he's the common like I've seen his face before. Yeah. I know this actor, but I can't think of from where. And then we got Michael Stuhlbarg. <coughs> um, now I now I know mm-hmm. most of these characters. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was the Corp Doctor Strange. Rachel McAdams was the Night Nurse. Uh, Tilda Swinton was the Ancient One. Mads Mikkelsen was forgive me his name is Cassilius. Kis- K- and Benedict Wong played Wong yeah. alongside Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, right. Which was interesting. Um, Chiwetelli Ejiofor played uh, Mordo, Baron Mordo. And we got... I don't know who Michael Stuhlbarg played. I don't know. Can't remember. I'm not sure who that is. I'm going to I'm gonna do a quick Google search. Keep talking. All right. Now, how did they do? This is our quick little review of how the actors did. Cumberbatch specifically was on point during this movie. However, everyone did very, very well. Uh, I have been saying ever since Benedict Cumberbatch was cast for this part, I'm like, fuck yes. Because I think he's an amazing actor. He's been in Star Trek. No, he wasn't in Star Trek. I don't know why. Was he? Yes. Okay, yeah, he was along with uh, the guy that plays fucking uh, Siler from uh, Heroes. Oh, this guy was the other doctor. But uh, so I, and then he does Sherlock, which is personally my favorite rendition of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Sherlock on Netflix, it's amazing. If you have never watched it, watch it. Which also <coughs> a bit of an Easter egg that isn't it isn't it isn't a spoiler. It's funny that the last Rachel McAdams movie I remember seeing was Sherlock Holmes alongside Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, who is also connected to the Marvel <laughs> universe, who also played Sherlock Holmes. And then she's now in the Marvel Universe, not alongside Robert Downey Jr., but playing alongside Somebody Benedict that Cumberbatch, play. who played Doctor, who played Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's interesting. But, yeah, all the actors did great. Like, I, I, it's the very the, – there's only one issue that I think that everybody has the same problem is that the Sorcerer Supreme 
was a white woman. The ancient one. Yeah. Yes. Well, she is a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, as far as I know, that's the only continuity error. I mean, there's a couple other things that were not completely correct with his origins, but it was a, it was close enough that I was happy with it. Like, right. But, um, <clears throat> the overall theme and the moral of the movie: it's not about you. The world is much bigger than you know. Do not be small-minded. That was the whole p- purpose. That that was the whole point they were trying to get across to Doctor Strange was. You know, because he was all me, me, me. You know, everything's mm-hmm. about me. You know, how do I get better? How do I do this for me? You know, because e- even when he was a surgeon, yeah, he was saving people, but he was only saving the people, like, profile cases make, yes. that benefited his career. Right. So, I mean, that's it's a good moral. So, so, so overall, this movie was spectacular. <clears throat> so it had some of the best, some of the best special effects that I have physically ever seen in a movie to date. Agreed. They'd have to be. Like, they were... Absolutely spectacular, and I uh, could not have asked for... I don't know what I was expecting to see in this movie. But it exceeded it. <laughs> but, it, yes, it surely exceeded it. And I rated it a 9.5 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10, which is my highest rating of a movie this year. Right. I can't remember what we rated Deadpool. I think I gave it an 8.5 or something. Yeah, something along those lines. <clears throat> I, I'm not going to go on record and say that that's my best rating, because I probably rated Deadpool pretty high, too. Um but so that that if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Definitely check it out. Um, other than that, we are going to dive right into full-on spoiler territory right now. So we'll give you about five seconds. That if you do not want to hear any spoilers, you can leave. Yes. Spoilers! 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 <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's the fucking theme song to. Spoilers. <clears throat> no, what's that theme song? Tell like the uh, one of those game shows. I don't uh, even remember. Uh, Alex Trebek, the fucking Alex Trebek. Oh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Dun 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 dun. Fucking. Jeopardy. All right. We're gonna get into the full spoiler synopsis. DJ, you can take it off if you like. All right. In Kathmandu, Nepal, the sorcerer Cassilius and his zealots enter the secret compound Kamar. Taj and murder its librarian, keeper of the ancient and mystical texts. They steal a ritual from a book belonging to the ancient one, a sorcerer who has lived in an un- for an unknown time and taught all the Kamar Taj, including Cassilius, in the ways of the mystic arts. The ancient one pursues the traitors, but Cassilius <clears throat> escapes with the pages and some of his followers. All right, now it's like Act One. It right. was like right in the beginning of the movie. They kicked shit off. It was absolutely fantastic. Like. Oh, oh, right, right away. There was only one. The special effects, as Jesus says, were some of the best I've ever seen. But there was only one instance in the entire movie that I saw that Cassilius just looked extremely fake, in my opinion. Right. I saw it and I was like, that's very clearly CGI. But the rest of it was great. So that's all my thing with that. And now we get into the next part. Well, there's <laughs> one, one more thing. During this scene, this is one. It's, it's weird because if the movie is marketed to children. Which you can... It's not necessarily marketed to children. It was pretty... This is a pretty adult Marvel film. Yeah, but it's children-friendly enough. Children-friendly enough. But now this is a, a Disney movie that portrays a, a decapitation Yeah. in the beginning of the film. <clears throat> not. It was not very bloody. No. But it was still... I was like, wow. I was like, they're, they're really going for it. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that fight scene was fucking badass. Like... That, yeah. those, those light things she brings out, man. That fucking light, oh man, man dude. Sorcerer Supreme. She's not the Sorcerer Supreme for no reason. Man. I want to watch this movie again right now. I would be all right with that. <laughs> all right, now we get into Stephen Strange. We see 
He's an, accla an, an acclaimed neurosurgeon. He loses the use of his hands in a car accident. Fellow surgeon and former lover Christine Palmer tries to help him move on, but Strange, believing he can regain use of his hands, instead uses all of his resources pursuing experimental surgeries in vain. So, I mean, he's doing everything he can fucking think of, you know, that, that he knows of medicine. Right. He's even doing, trying to do things that other surgeons are like, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. You're going to ruin my fucking career. Like, I'm not going to do it. After learning of Jonathan Pangborn, a paraplegic who mysteriously was able to walk again, Strange seeks him out. Because it was his physical therapist. He was like, he's like, have you ever seen anybody come back from something like this? He goes, one person. Right. And, you know, he's, an, he's a really good surgeon, so he looked at his file and was like, there's no way. You know, this is not possible. There's something, there's something he did. Right. So, uh, Strange seeks him out and is directed to Kamar Taj. He told him, this, you know, that he confronted this guy who was playing basketball. He told him that, you know, he went and sought out these mystics and, you know, these monks or whatever he called them. And they helped him use his energies and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, from Dr. Strange's perspective, it was just Eastern medicine or Western, whatever. Yeah. Eastern, but little does he know, he's soon to find out. There, Strange is taken in by another sorcerer under the Ancient One, Mordo, which we get to see uh, him fight real quick. You know, uh, Strange was... Try, about to get robbed, and Mordo comes in and beats the shit out of these three dudes. I mean, they were three nobodies, so... Right. But still cool. The Ancient One shows Strange her power, revealing the astral plane and other dimensions such as the Mirror Dimension. Strange begs her to teach him, and she eventually agrees despite his arrogance, which reminds her of Cassilius. Okay, let's talk about the visuals that we get when the Ancient One says, Open your mind. Or open your eye. Well, whatever the first she says. Time, the first time, yeah, because he touches her. And she goes, boom, in his chest, and he just falls. He, like, comes out of his body for a second. Yeah. And then he comes right back, and he goes, what the fuck? He's like, what was in that tea? <laughs> yeah. He thought he was hallucinating. And then then, then he, he continues to just, like, negate what's happening, like, as, as that he's on, he's on, he's been given drugs or or something. Mm -hmm. and Which is, I mean, any person would think that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, it, can you blame him at all? And but at the same says, time, though, I gotta say, living in the world where he knows like Iron Man and the whole Thor exists, right? Because they're not secrets. The Avengers are not a secret. They even mentioned them earlier in the in the movie. Oh, absolutely. So why would you not be like, okay, maybe? <laughs> right. So then she says, "Open your eye," and sends him on literally the craziest visual experience that I may have seen this year in a movie. Ever. He flies through. Yeah, ever. But he flies through planes of existence in, in other dimensions. Through the that, universe, the multiverse. He was in different universes constant. And it was just in, absolutely incredible looking. The colors, man. Yeah. The colors. Like, he had arms growing out of his fingertips that ha had arms growing out of their fingertips. It was insane. That had arms growing out of those fingertips. You, you know need, what I mean? You need to take some shrooms and watch his movie. Like, it was crazy. Don't recommend that. It's illegal. <laughs> but I was just so, like... Dumbfounded by this scene, and then and then, you know, and she, it sends him on a whirlwind. Like he's spinning out of control, and then all of a sudden he's back in this, he's back in the ancient one's room or whatever you want to call it, and he just looks up at her and he says, "Teach me," you know what I mean? And she's just like, "Nah," and sends him out on, sends him out back onto the street. And it's like, how can you, how can you walk away from having an experience like that? So obviously he doesn't. See, this right here is the only the only other continuity error that I'm aware of. Because remember, he went in from, from you know, from the comic books. He went there. He went there. He learned. You know, she gave her spiel. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And he and he didn't want to be taught. He goes, "Fuck this! I'm leaving." But he was stranded there because of a snowstorm. 
Okay. He was forced to learn it. But in the movie, he was begging to learn. You know what I mean? He wasn't leaving. Right. You know, there was no snowstorm keeping him. I think they, they probably just did that. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. No, it's... But that's the only other thing that I know that was different. Right. Either way, man, like, so... But the best thing about Doctor Strange is what, uh, King Yunus, that guy? Yes. We love this guy. He's, uh... What, what oh, Eris. Eris King, Eris King Yunus. Yunus. He does an amazing job at giving you fucking looks at what, you know what I mean? What, yeah, what yeah, he's, he, he's with Variant Comics, and they have the, uh... Um, history of series and, and they teach you he knows his shit yeah absolutely dude like that that guy is brilliant when but, it comes to comic books um, but like from what he said Doctor Strange doesn't like with a lot of superheroes especially like Superman and the Hulk and everybody there's a lot of different takes on these characters right you know there are so many but there's only like one Doctor Strange they haven't done a redone because he's good enough like you right know, like it was just perfect like so they haven't that's what's perfect. He's like Goku and then Dragon Ball Z. There's one set of Dragon Ball Z. Like, you know right. What I mean? like, it, it, and there's one Doctor Strange, which is awesome. I mean, there's probably maybe a few other takes on it, but not like the other superheroes. Okay, so moving on. Strange begins his tutelage under the Ancient One and Mordo and learns from the ancient books in the library. Now, presided over the ma- master... Presided. Presided over by Wong. Master Wong. Strange... Wong Go ahead. is like a side is the right hand man like when he is actually the Sorcerer Supreme yes you know Wong's like a really good friend of his and it was just cool seeing their their growth it was cool Strange learns that the earth of the earth is protected by for, or protected from other dimensions by a spell formed from three buildings called Ooh. the Sanctums this is when they mentioned the Avengers yes so he goes people like the Avengers protect us from the physical attacks we protect them from the magical or otherworldly attacks right now, there's three sanctums, one found in New York City, one found in London, and the other in Hong Kong. The task of the sorcerers is to protect the sanctums through the Peng, or through Pangborn chose to... Though. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Though Pangborn chose to forgo this responsibility in favor of channeling mystical energies into walking again, yeah, Strange he, advances quickly over several months. Now, they did confirm that he was there for a year. Right, but still, like, they were saying he has a knack... You know, he had a, a knack for this. Because, for one thing, he's a, he's a genius regardless. Yes, and he, he, he said <clears throat> that he had a photographic memory, so he just learns these things. Like Right, and that helps. That, I'm sure Absolutely. <clears throat> but uh, Pangborn is the guy that he that was playing basketball that he found. If people yeah. Like it. Uh, the, what they said about him was very cool, though, is that he's constantly using his magic to make himself walk. So he's always using it at every single given time. That's insane, though. That is awesome. Like, yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> so he's got to be a pretty powerful sorcerer just in and of itself just to be able to do that. Not anymore. Yeah. So Strange advances quickly over several months, even secretly reading from the, the text Cassilius stole from and learning to bend time with the mystical eye of Agamotto. Sorry, I got to say something. Agamotto. Those special books or whatever are not that hard to get. No. Like, you just walk up and unchain them and take them. You'd think there would be something Locking them into place. <clears throat> yeah, it was ridiculous. It's pretty like, weird, man. To I me, don't... like, these books that are so dangerous and so crazy that... They were just, you just walk right up, unchain him, and take him and look. Like, he had no trouble. And then the eye of Agamotto just reached up and didn't grab it. Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> and, and it's weird, because Wong says, like, you're not going to be getting any books, you know, as long as I'm in control of this library and blah, blah, blah. But, like, in the same room as Wong, he watched him. He watched Strange walk right over to that book and grab it off the shelf and start looking through it. Like, 
And he's like, there's a page missing from here. Like, and, and Wong didn't do anything to stop him. So, I mean, who knows how much he could have even learned just by staring at those pages for one second. Like, Well, I mean, I don't think he, he wasn't able to decipher it at that point, I don't think, because that was the first thing he did. That, oh, that, that's a great that, point. That I didn't even in, think about that. That text was like in different, in different language writing or something. So this he is probably had, Yeah, he had to have learned that mm-hmm. first. So he probably was like, well, there's no harm in it if you can't even fucking decipher it. So That makes more sense. Uh, well, I just lost my spot here. Mordo and Wong. Yeah, Mordo and Wong warn, warn Strange against breaking the laws of nature, comparing his arrogant yearning for power to that of Cassilius, <laughs> who believes after the deaths of his loved ones that everyone should have eternal life. <clears throat> yeah, like, the whole point, like, Cassilius is thinking, like, well, she has eternal life. She just wants it for herself. Everybody deserves it. But what he doesn't understand <laughs> is that eternal life under fucking uh, fuck, Dormammu is not going to be a life that you want to live. Like, Right. <clears throat> it's just, he's just taking it li- in the most literal sense possible. Like, eternal life as a slave versus eternal life in... Reality. It'd be no different than living in hell. Like if your exactly. soul goes to hell forever, you're yeah, sure you're eternal, but to what cost? Like right. So that I mean, yeah, he's typical villain. He was a great villain though. Like oh I fuck yeah, he was cool. I didn't have a you know what I mean. All people people shit on Marvel a lot. Like not they don't shit on they shit on Marvel, but they don't shit on Marvel because Marvel it, they they produce really fine films, but if the villain isn't as strong. As it was in, say, Avengers, people bitch about it because Loki was a great villain. Yeah, you know, what I mean, he has he has some deep cuts with the Marvel universe, but then you get you get villains like uh, Iron Man two and Iron Man three, and then you get the shitty fucking uh, Thor sequel, whose villain I did not <coughs> particularly care for. You know what I mean? Who they don't have a lot of of things, and a lot of people said that the villain from well, they said that what's what's his name, uh, Baron Zemo from Civil War wasn't all that great, but the guy, <clears throat> not Baron Zemo, god damn it, the the Crossbones. Yeah, people bitched about Crossbones being a shitty villain, but then they 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 praised Baron Zemo for doing what he did, and he barely did anything. Like you know, what I mean, he just sat behind the lines and and fucked with them, which is which is good. So I'm glad that they're finally getting a, a they they've got the formula down to make great movies. And now they're finally like, all right, now let's work on these villains a little bit. Because yeah. I thought Cassilius was awesome. Yeah. I don't know much about Cassilius from the comic books, so that's still to be... Now, I was not a fan of their shitty fucking eye makeup. Yeah, like that. It was weird, man. Like, it was just the sign of Dormammu. It just, I mean, it just looked like... I don't think it would have passed in face-off. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looked okay, I guess, but it just was. It looked. They glittery. cared more about the special effects than the makeup. Yeah, but whatever. That's that's nitpicky. I'm not trying to be so nitpicky. This movie was fantastic, fucking fantastic. But uh, all right, the next part. Cassilius and his followers use the stolen pages to begin summoning the powerful Dormammu of the Dark Dimension, where time does not exist at all, and all can live forever. This destroys the London Sanctum, and sends Strange from Kamartaj to the New York Sanctum. The Zealots then attack there, where Strange hold them off with a mystical cloak of levitation until Mordo and the Ancient One arrive. <clears throat> and it was cool because earlier in the show they say, uh, or in the movie, they were like, uh, the artifact chooses you. Right. And as soon as he walked, like, when he first walked up to it, and it was in that cage, and it was, he just looked at it, he goes, huh, and then he, like, walked away. Right. That was just cool, like, because we knew he was going to get that cloak. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that thing was dope. That had a mind of its own, that Yeah, it's that awesome. cape. 
What did they say the name of it? Oh, the mystical cloak of levitation. Okay. Uh, Strange and Mordo become disillusioned with the ancient one after Cassilius reveals that her lifelong that her long life has come from her own use of Dormammu's power. Now this fight scene was badass. Like we got to talk about that real quick. Absolutely. <clears throat> he shows up and they kill the the master that was guarding that sanctum. <clears throat> and Doctor Strange step, steps in. He goes, "No, don't do it!" And then he kills him anyway. And they go into fighting with with a lot of help from you know. I mean, he does pretty good. Yeah, he, he doesn't do awful <clears throat> for being as young as he was in this in this power. Now I'll tell you what was really cool for me. There's there's two scenes in this during this fight scene that that happened. All of it was really cool, but two scenes stick out the most to me. First of all, those three windows to other yeah. places. That was cool as fuck. Oh, when he like threw her into the desert and he got, he's trying to change the. And he's like changing the channel to a different. That was awesome. And the second <coughs> scene is when the cape chose him. When it like flew down off the. When it flew down off the balcony and then grabbed onto him and he flew. He like rose up. My favorite thing. I was like, wow! I was like, I was fucking dope. What was ridiculous to me about that though is that that happened and he came up like ready to fuck shit up. He goes, yeah, I, I mastered this cloak. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved it. Like if that happened to me, I'd be like, fucking shit, dude. Like, you know, I would be like, but no, <laughs> he was that? prepared for it. He man. was ready. I just, I just thought it was awesome. Like, like that, just that scene in, in and of itself, it, it sticks in my mind. Like, I think of Doctor Strange, I, I see that scene in my head. I see him rising above the, the steps, and I was like, oh shit. I mean, we saw that in the trailer, but now. it was just something different about the movie. Like, it was cool. Yeah, it was It was definitely awesome. And, like, the whole thing was great. When they were fighting in that hallway, and, like, he was just, like, warping the reality. And he, you know, it, all of it was awesome. Like, I love it. It's amazing. I can't yeah, when he was, like, making the fucking uh, floor, the floorboards, it was like a yeah, treadmill. Yeah, he was, couldn't get further. <laughs> it was genius. <clears throat> but, uh, but uh, and there's another little Easter egg. I don't know if it's in our Easter eggs. And I think I picked up on it. Doctor Strange commonly wields, like, axes. Or a battle axe of some sort. Oh, yeah, that's Eris said that in the. And there was a scene when he was confronted to Cassilius. They were in his room or whatever. And he was. He's like, ooh, battle axe. He like walked. There was like a battle axe on the wall. Right. And he was going to go grab it. But the cape was keeping it. That was that scene, that funny scene where the oh, cape. Oh, yeah, the cape. <laughs> and he goes, no, this thing. And so he grabs that fucking weird contraption that he throws at him. Dude, that thing was really strange. <laughs> it was badass. It was awesome, but like it was so weird. <clears throat> the dude was doing like Michael Jackson he's moves. Like, <laughs> But the way he was, it was just—I couldn't. I'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. But it was just so—I thought he was gonna get that axe for a second. I'm like, hell yeah! And then oh, yeah. But I think that was a foreshadowing or something. It's pretty cool because one month from now we get to see Mads Mikkelsen, who played Cassilius. We get to see him again. So I've never seen Mads Mikkelsen act before, and I was—I I was worried <laughs> for some reason in my head. You ever hear like an actor's name and you're like, fuck, I don't know if I'm gonna like this guy or not for just whatever reason. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. But I, I was worried that maybe I wouldn't like this guy because he's kind of like big mouth whenever he's talking about things that shouldn't be talking about. Like he drops the some, actor? Or yeah. The, oh. Like he drops some pretty major spoilers about Rogue One, and he's in Rogue One. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know who he's playing just simply because I, I've, I'm on the up and up on Star Wars. And that was he got, he got a lot of shit for it, for saying right. who he played <clears throat> in the movie. And I was like, fuck, but I really like this guy. Like, I... I can't wait to see he him. He might in be Rogue a shitty one. person, but he does a great job acting. Yeah, and I can't. I cannot wait to see him in Rogue One. I, I'm I'm thoroughly stoked. You're telling me who he is after this. That's fine. Um. All right. Then we get. <clears throat> but yeah, that whole fight scene was badass. Like every, you know, because uh, uh, Doctor Strange, he was using those same shield things that she was using, mm-hmm. which we don't see anybody else using the show, as far as I know. They were using these weird mirror knives the entire time. You know. They yeah, that was strange. They were cool. They were awesome. They were like <clears throat> almost invisible. Like, but that one scene where he like he was like this. And he had one in his hand, one in his hand, and this one, like, flickered out. He goes, shit. Like, it was just funny. Yeah. 
But uh, his poor hands, man. Strange and mortal become disillusioned with ancient. Well, okay, yeah. Cassilius mortally wounds the ancient one and escapes to Hong Kong. The, the ancient one tells Strange that he too will have to break the rules to balance Mordo's steadfast nature. She then dies, despite the best efforts of Strange and a bewildered Palmer. Now th this this plot thing is going it's moving along pretty quick. But after after that fall after the fall of the New York Sanctum, right? Uh, fuck, she shows up, and they confront her about being. Immortal, how she became immortal. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I remember exactly what happened. It, this is, there's, when Mordo, when Mordo goes to the New York Sanctum, uh, Strange decides that that he's going to fight Cassilius because Cassilius escapes that contraption. Mm -hmm. He's going to fight Cassilius, but he's going to do it in the mirror dimension. Right. And that's when Mordo says, um, their powers are completely limitless in the mirror dimension. So. Oh, no, it was, yeah, he did that, and it was that chase scene. Yeah, yeah, they had a chase scene throughout New York City. Ass, dude. When he jumps on that building and it goes boom. Yeah, dude, it was it was insane. Like, okay. so all of this stuff is happening, and it looks like a fucking Inception. Yeah, and it's happening in this universe, Times 10. but it's not happening to the world outside. So if this apartment we're in right now was in the mirror dimension, we could literally blow this fucker up. And, but it wouldn't blow up in. But the... it wouldn't blow up. And somebody <laughs> pointed out, I can't remember who it was. I think I was listening to another review. But I wish that I would have done it. He said during that scene, since all the buildings are all fucking crazy and shit, they were looking for Spider-Man. And I was like, fuck. Like, I wish I would have thought about that. Could, he could just he go, pew. Just, yeah, just like in the background somewhere, just doing some crazy shit. And like, that would be funny. He wouldn't have even had any idea what was happening. It was just funny. Like, Yeah. I wonder if his spidey senses would be sensitive enough to pick up on something mystical like that. I'm not sure. Isn't uh, is Mysterio not mystical? I don't know. Potentially. But, uh... Yeah, so the, ch the chasing occurs, which is one of the craziest looking things I've ever seen, which was awesome. And that's when she shows up. Yes, she shows up. And she, like, she like made, like, this fucking platform in the sky. Yeah, and she, she, she like, sends these. Like, she controls the whole situation. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And then she had, like, a symbol. Dor Dormammu's symbol, like, appeared on her forehead. And that's Mordo's when, like, he's right. He was right. Yeah. Fuck. And that's when, that's when the... <laughs> All the warnings the strange has given Mordo, Mordo this whole time has kept finally come to light, and she, she kind of tries to justify her actions by I don't remember exactly what she said. Well, says. it was more or less sometimes you got to do bad things for the greater good, like right. Okay, you know that makes I mean, sense. she wasn't using the power, <sighs> using dark powers. It's like the whole thing with Dumbledore and them, the Elder Wand stuff. The yeah. Elder Wand is considered dark and evil, but in the hands of somebody good, it can be used for good, like. You know, she was using the power from the Dark Dimension, sure, but she was doing wonderful things with it. Right. She wasn't being overtaken. She wasn't, you know, she was doing, I, I do not blame her at all for it. I completely understand. Now, before we get too far more ahead, there's one scene that I know that we need to talk about that we haven't talked about. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> this is the scene where Strange becomes wounded and has, to, and then and then makes the portal into the hospital. Yeah. And helps, helps uh, Christine, I think her name is. Um, the night nurse is what Christine. Christine. <laughs> he helps Christine operate on himself by doing the out of body thing and appearing above himself, where she could also see him. And she's like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, that's yeah. crazy." So she, she, he was helping him, and then he notices that one of the other guys, one of those zealots that worked with Cassilius, it was the one that the cape the cape had wrapped around his head, and it was like smashing him into the floor. It was yeah. so funny. So he he had <coughs> did that did that out of body thing too, 
and I don't know what you want to call it. Like it's like a soul drop. Like your soul leaves your body. And mm-hmm. they had they and, called it something in the movie. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But so they they were fighting in this other like soul dropping dimension thing. Like and and so so Christine had no idea this was happening, but it was it was going on. Things were was, happening. Like you know, like the thing would move and yeah, like it would like little little things were would move across the room, or you know, she could feel like air going through her, and she was like completely flabbergasted what was going on and i have to give it to her though she held her composure and she sure she did <laughs> and and the way that he ends up beating this guy is, is by using by being uh uh defibrillated like and it was awesome and he's like he like comes back out of the thing he's like charge that fucker up the whole way he's like your, your heart's beating he goes i know just do it <laughs> and he does it and he beats that guy and it kills him in like, real life i was like, it was fucking awesome it was it was really and I, cool. I, I wanted to talk about that i wanted to make sure we didn't forget about that because that shit was dope dude I that was, was like, a cool scene fuck from the end, this movie, the, 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 I have one complaint about how great this movie was. It flew by. Oh my god! Yeah, that was, it was one of so the fastest fast. two hours of my life. Yeah, which which is great. You know, that's how much I enjoyed it. But fuck, man! Like, I've sat through movies that felt like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this one, all of a sudden, it was over. We're like, man. Yeah, it was. It, but it was so awesome, though, man. I, uh, I, w- I want to watch it four more times. Like. I just can't wait to see it again. I can't wait. I like I said to you yesterday. I said I, you bet your fucking ass that I will be. I can't even express to you how fastly I'm going to pre-order this movie. Oh, absolutely. I, I, if possible, we're gonna get it before it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if it was if that was possible, I would do it. But back to the the Sorcerer Supreme fighting with Cassilius and them. No, she she is obviously more powerful than all of them. But Cassilius does something I think that takes her off guard. Is that he stabs her through his own man? Yes. I think I do not think she because she looked very shocked at that point. You know, she was like, "Fuck!" Like, yeah. You know, because she had the upper hand. She was beating the piss out of them. Like, absolutely. But you know, he he risked his own man's life, which she probably would never do. So she probably didn't. You know, that's the whole being good, being bad thing. Like, you know, Casillas didn't give a shit. He he'd kill his own guy to get her, but she probably wouldn't do that. So. That's the only way he could have ever came above the Sorcerer Supreme. But, <clears throat> and so back to that, Cassilius mortally wounds the Ancient One and escapes to Hong Kong. The Ancient One tells Strange that he too will have to break the rules to balance Mordo's steadfast nature. I know I said this already. Uh, now, before she actually passes, she's in. he once again takes her to Christine. I think that was her name, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's trying to work on her. But And uh, Dr. Strange looks over at the computer and sees the computer kind of flicker. So he knows that she's doing that out-of-body-soul thing. So he follows her, and she uh, she mentions to him that I have seen into the future or whatever. She goes, I can see things, but it's always stopped here. Right. She goes, I, so I know this is the point where I'm dying. Like This is where it ends. Right, and, she's, and she, she also it. says that she sees into his future, and then it goes on and on and on. Like, yeah. And, and it, what was cool is that she, she when you, when you're in this whatever you want to call it, this soul stasis, I guess, like, you know, I mean, you, you can interact with another person who's there, obviously the guy, hence the guy fighting the other, but so he's standing there, strange and the ancient one are standing there together holding hands. And she's explaining to him what, what we're seeing on the screen. We get this beautiful moment where time is stopped in the city, not really stopped, but severely slowed down. Like, Right. Beyond levels of like the flash and quick, like, snow like, is just like stomped in air. Yeah, and it's moving ever so slightly. And she's like, "I'm stretching one moment out into millions of moments, just like, so I can watch the snow." Yeah, just so I can. It was see a beautiful moment. Last. Yeah, and it was it was just awesome. And she just basically was like, "This is my time to go. Like, I've got to go. You got to let it go." Like, 
I think she knows that he's going to be Sorcerer Supreme. Right. I'm kind of upset that that didn't happen in this movie. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get there. Because, I mean, think he's still really new to the movie in the movie. Shit, so. I missed that comment. Comment again, because I missed it. Um, watch that. There's one more scene I want to mention, too. When he first comes across the Eye of Agamotto, and he gets, he gets that book that had the pages ripped out, and he looks up how to use the eye, in which he figured out, like, immediately. It was amazing. Yeah. So he does the thing, and then it... He was, like, turning... It, like an, he was, like, an eaten apple, and he was, like, making it e- eaten. Oh, yeah. And then he was making it grow back. Because the eye of Agamotto controls time, and it does plenty more stuff. But... The cool thing is that it controls what you're <clears throat> using it on. Like, it doesn't control time around you. Yeah, it does it on specific things. That's so cool. And he was just doing it over and over again. It was cool. And then he's like, oh, shit. So he brought the pages back into the book. Now, does that take away the pages from Cassilius? I don't think or so. Or now they're two sets of those same pages. I think I think it just... I really don't know. Because it, it would reverse time on the book. Yeah. So you would think that the pages that Cassilius has no longer are there. That's a great point. I, I'm not really sure they didn't mention that. But that whole scene was cool. And then... He was doing some crazy shit, but that's when Mordo and Wong showed up. I'm like, you can't be fucking doing this. Like, this is, this is way too much. Like, <laughs> no. There's something. This the the last scene here at the end. I, I'm hoping that you understood it better than I did because, I I kind of don't. Talk about after the credits. No, no. Or no. let me read this. Uh, she dies despite the efforts of Strange and a bewildered Palmer. Strange and Mordo arrive in Hong Kong to find Wong dead and the sanctum destroyed. Like. It is absolute fucking mayhem. Like this oh, is yeah. absolute mayhem. Um, with a dark dimension already engulfing Earth, or at least in the, yeah. So Strange uses the eye to turn back time and save Wong, before creating an infinite time loop. Okay, now I'll get to that. He, you know, he does. You know, he's like turning everything back, and he took he like did it on Mordo, so Mordo can live through it. I think is what it was. Right. But the other guys, I believe, had the power themselves to because like remember they were walking backwards. Like getting yeah. reversed, then all of a sudden they like they like turned around inside themselves. Yeah, and then they, really were, they were able to interact within this time, which was interesting. Which is also one of the I've never seen a scene in a movie like this. It was crazy. Like I've never seen a, a, a scene where where you're get you're seeing things happen like in mass quantities in reverse. Like while they're fighting. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. Like. Um, but but my question is this very last it's about this very last okay, thing because it, it confuses me. <clears throat> All right, so you know like they fight and because they seem to have the upper hand, I guess, because Cassilia like right as the the sanctum was getting brought back and the dark dimension was leaving, Cassilius did something and it stopped it. And so he was getting kind of beat up. Uh, Doctor Strange was. Now, I, I also heard. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. But I also heard from Kevin Smith just a little. Side tangent: Kevin Smith himself has said that the, that the Dark Dimension looked so unbelievably beautiful and so close to Ditko's artwork that like it put, brought tears to his eyes. Yeah, I can he said imagine. it looked so fucking perfect. Well, I can only imagine. And he also saw this movie in 4D. 4D? 4D. Wow. In a, there's there's a theater in New York City. Cocksuckers. I know. Four dimension. That would be amazing. Could you imagine? Like. Their seats move and all that crazy shit. It's a oh 4DX my, theater. Yeah, that would be. Dude, I would give anything, man. We're doing it. He said it's really expensive, but I don't it's care. Way fucking I'll pay hundred dollars to watch that. I don't think it's hundred dollars. I don't care. That's exactly how much I'd pay for it. <laughs> like it's gonna be thirty dollars. I'll give you hundred. I mean, that but, would be uh, crazy. He said that like he saw about BVS. And he mm. said that like he, whoa, like he here's a great example when when uh um 
which is it works out because this is another part we didn't talk about. But when the ancient one strands strange on Everest, mm. he said that like the theater was like snowing. Wow. So it was like snowing and it was really cold. Interesting. And like just crazy shit. Like I was like, that's fucking awesome. So immersive, dude. I <clears> would, would love be that. Awesome. But so yeah, they're fighting. They, he stops the the time. You know, he stops the time. And Strange comes up with an idea, which at first you don't you don't understand. But before we get to this part, what he said, the, one of the dangerous parts about the Eye of Agamotto and using it is that you could get stuck in a time loop forever, and you would just be living in that moment for the rest of your life. Right. Which would be miserable, man. I can't imagine. But so he goes and confronts Dormammu, and this this entire scene is is funny. It's badass. It's hilarious. But he goes in. Uh, Strange uses the eye to turn back time and save Wong before creating an infinite time loop inside the dark dimension that traps himself and Dormammu in the same moment forever. Strange agrees to break the loop if Dormammu leaves Earth, and that latter takes Cassilius and the Zealots with him. So that so the part that I that I, I either missed is, is did he agree to do it? Who Dormammu? Yes. Yeah, that's why. Okay. So, well, did he like? Well, the way it was, like, he kept, you know, he, he kept killing Strange, and then he kept coming back. Like, what was the words he was saying every time? Dormammu, oh, I've come to bargain. And yeah, and, like, he would kill him, and then he would come back again. Dormammu, and he's like, what is going on? Like, you're seeing this huge being. Like, right. This godly thing, like, pissed. He's like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Like, and he would kill him again, and then over and over and over again, and he'd be like, we come to bargain. And he's like, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And it was so funny. Yeah, and he kept killing them in crazy fucking ways. And, and basically, Strange says, like, he's like, if you don't agree to this, then you're my prisoner. Like, he goes, you'll I'm going also to do be this. here forever, too. He goes, that's worth. This is when he finally learned that everybody else is also as important. Right. So He was willing to trap himself in a time loop for the rest of humanity. Like, so I, I think I missed the part where he agreed because well, I. Well, he didn't actually agree because, like, he, he said that to him. He goes, you're going to have to do this. You know what I mean? You're going to do this. You have to agree to this, or we're going to be stuck in here forever. And I think it's it went straight back to Cassilius and them. And that's when Doctor Strange came down behind them, and he said something, and then they, they, the zealots started like getting disintegrated. So we were just to assume that he agreed. Obviously. Okay, because I was so confused. Because I was, I thought I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Are they really going to make Doctor Strange just trapped in this fucking time loop forever?" Which I, I, I didn't. I knew that they wouldn't, but I missed why it didn't happen. Like, yeah, I don't think there was a specific time where Dormammu looked at him and said, "Deal." Like, I right, don't believe because so. he he just showed back up, and I was like, okay. It was just for us to decipher that. Obviously, he made the deal, or Doctor Strange wouldn't have been there. So I thought that maybe he was under this like impression that that was what Dormammu was going to do forever, and like he just thought he was killing. He kept his word. Strange. So I just thought it was interesting. Like I, it, it just was slightly confusing, but not so much to to ruin the movie for me or anything. No, I just yeah. Wanted some clarification. Yeah, they just skipped the part where he said deal. I guess. But, but yeah, it was awesome. Like that, the movie. I can't think of any other scenes that we left out. Not tonight. I think we covered, yeah, we covered pretty much every inch of the movie. <clears throat> now, there are some things, like, you know, I, some people might, I don't think anybody really would would say it, but, like, just for some pure clarification, clarification you know what I mean? Like, Strange really goes down the rabbit hole about his hands, you know what I mean? His, his, his life is over, and it sucks. Like, think about it. Think about it this way. Like, if you, if you were... There, there was another podcast I listened to, and the guy, he was talking about this movie, and he says uh, that he was a, a singer. You know what I mean? And I, myself, let's let's put myself this in this situation. This is who the ancient one is supposed to be. 
Oh, like an old man. Yeah, he's an yeah. older man, not like a, not not a white woman. But hmm. it was still she did a great job. Like, yeah, I liked what she did with it. Anyway, let's let's put myself in the shoes of of Stephen Strange, but let's make Stephen Strange a musician. You know, I mean, if I continued my life and made money off of playing guitar for a living, you know what I mean? Obviously, I would love that. You know what I mean? Who wouldn't? Or let's say in ourselves, let's say we're going to make millions of dollars doing this podcast. like, and, and that's how we're providing for our families and stuff. Let's say one of us or both of us get like cancer of the voice. You know what I mean? Like uh, or yeah. polyps on our vocal cords. Like that fucking blows. You know what I mean? We are, we are now completely out of jobs. Like, you know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have any, um, means of of income anymore but so i i i can sympathize with him on a, on a certain level you know what i mean then and you know if you were if you were a singer then the same thing like if you had a paul uh, something on your vocal cord and you had to and it changed your voice forever like that that would suck and i think that that's what the guy off of the marvel cinematic universe podcast said that he had you know a polyp on his vocal cord and you know what i mean so he could sympathize with um with Stephen Strange, but anywho, <clears throat> but all right, we're gonna get into. There was two post-credit scenes. Uh, I'll let you do the first one if you want. I'll do the second one. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> so two post-credit scenes. Mid-credit scene was Thor, who has brought his brother Loki to Earth in search for their father Odin. Now, there is that going to be what Ragnarok's about? Yes. See, that's what that's what makes us, that's what makes you believe that this is that Doctor Strange is not caught up. Yes, with the Marvel universe. This is this is what. I he said he's gonna help him, so you know he's. Like, I'll help you. He says. So yeah. I hope we. See, I don't know if we're gonna see Doctor Strange in this movie, but I, I think hope we so. are because I, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard that, I've heard that Cumberbatch has filmed three films, including this first one that's yes. already out. So, I know I feel like he's going to be in Ragnarok. Ragnarok, but maybe not a big part. Like yeah, we must see him a little bit. Or now, now a couple of things about this this thing is that uh, sorcerers had already existed on. Asgard, because Thor says like, "Oh, so the Earth has sorcerers now." Like, and is Loki a sorcerer? You know what I mean? Because he can do that thing, that that hologram bullshit. Yeah, that's not the same thing as out of body. No, no, no. I know that, but that's he not can do point. He can do a hologram thing, thing, and he can do magical things. And I think he can. He can. I think it was said in another movie that he can shroud himself to get past Heimdall. Something. Yeah, and Heimdall can see everything. Yeah, and he can do something that gets him past it. Like right. So Loki is some sort of something, uh, but I don't know if it's ever been stated what he is exactly. Right. We get a funny scene. Oh, about, it's hilarious. About of that of that uh, of the beer mug that well, refills like, itself. He, he like had tea, and he goes, "Do you like tea?" He goes, "I don't really like tea." He goes, and he's like, and he goes, he's like, "What do you like?" And then he, I don't think Thor said anything. And all of a sudden, he has a beer mug in his hand. He goes, "Fuck!" And he drinks it so fucking fast, and it refills itself. And he's looking at it like, "What the? Like this is Thor from another dimension looking at it like, holy shit, this is crazy." Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting so bad for him to like throw it down and be like, "I like it. I'll have another." Like from the first Thor movie. Yeah, that was so funny. He's like, "This drink, I like it." Another. But yeah, this was like the after the movie the movie credit things, and then it goes into the actual credit, the scrolling credits, and then we get another scene where uh, we see Pangborn in a shop. You know, he's uh, he's in a shop working on a car or whatever he's doing, and then uh, Mordo shows up. And Penguin recognizes him, obviously, and he goes, but Mordo's looking a little bit agitated, a little weird. 
and we're like, shit, what's going to happen here? Right. And uh, Mordo ultimately takes the power from Pangborn, takes his energy away, which paralyzes him again. And then he states that there are too many sorcerers on this planet. So uh, he's going to have to be some villain. Or, you know, he, I, He's going to try to go to all the sorcerers and take their power, I think. Right. Now, if he's able to utilize this power, that's going to be a tough fight for Doctor Strange. Like, For one thing, it was his, it was his trainer. And then it's going to be a guy with all this other sorcerer power. Like, yeah. Insane. So uh, how will this movie affect the future of uh, Marvel movies? So we got the Time Stone. Yes, we do learn. At the very end, it's Wong that says it. He goes, he's like, you shouldn't be carrying that around right now anyway. It's probably it's probably not too safe walking the streets of New York with an Infinity Stone. Right. And then Doctor Strange is like, Infinity Stone? Yeah. Which, they don't ever say Time Stone in it, but it's obvious. Like, yeah, that's it's, it's got to be It has to be obvious. So then, obviously, Infinity War and Thanos is what I wrote. Now, I wrote Thanos because I found something else out that's really interesting. And you'll have to help me remember because I can't remember all of them. But apparently, where all of the Time Stones have been found... Not the Time... The Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones have been found, like in normal items, have so far spelled out the word Thanos. The name Thanos. Interesting. So the first one was Tesseract. Okay. That was the Soul Stone. Or one of them. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. The second one was the Aether from Guardians of the Galaxy. That starts with H? No, A. A. Oh, that's not in order, per se. No, 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 not in order. The only one that I haven't found yet was H. Right. Um, Then you got... um, uh, N. Fuck, what was N? I didn't even know this was a thing. Ah, fuck. I, I had them all... In my head, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to talk about this," but I can't remember that. It was the last one was H. Well, Vision um, had one. Yeah, but they got it from somewhere else. There's, there's, there's obviously O and S, and I can't remember. Maybe we can figure out. Keep talking. Um, but the the speculation was that eight. You know, what what movie is going to have H in the, you know, in, in the next thing? Now, a lot of people think <sighs> that like maybe maybe Thor's hammer could have the last one in there, which would bring a lot of things full full circle because it had, you know what I mean? It would have been there the whole time and would explain why, you know, maybe possibly explain why. Okay, um, here we go. T is for the Tesseract, which is the space gem. The, okay. blue, the, blue Q, the blue Q first found in Captain America, the first Avengers, and it was used in the portal in the Avengers. H, we do not know yet. A is for the Aether from Thor, the Dark World. It is commonly mm. believed to be the reality gem, which has the power to alter reality. Okay, so Thor, the Dark War. I thought it was Guardians of the Galaxy. N is for we don't know yet. Consult John Edwards. We do not know this yet. So okay. there's two we still don't have. Okay. O is for the Orb Ronin. The Accuser is seeking in James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy. That orb contains the Power Stone, which gives the wielder access to all power and energy that e- that evil that ever has or will exist. Dang, that's powerful. S is for Scepter. You know, that one Loki used in the Avengers to turn Hawkeye into his mindless slave. It was later used in the experiments on Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch and her brother, Quicksilver, in the post-credits. Captain America, Winter Soldier, blah, blah, blah. That leaves the Time Stone and the Soul Gem up for grab. No, there's something that... No, there's something that connected um, Doctor Strange to the Time Stone in the, in the letter N. N? No, yeah. the, it's not the Eye of Agumoto, because... It was something, man. Fuck. I cannot remember... Time gem. What does the eye of Agamotto and N have to do? I have no idea, man. I can't remember now. I'm pissed. Sorry, but, I'm gonna figure this out. Keep so going. the like we we're talking about the letter H. The, the, now the letter H 
This episode brought to you by the letter H. The you find it necklace. Necklace. (laughs) Gay. (laughs) That's right, necklace. That's awfully uh. It's yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Now that one's got H listed as Heimdall, which is one of them. Um, We got Hela from Ragnarok, which is the main villain of Ragnarok. And what what one is that? Which zone is that? Hulk. Hulk has it in his butthole. Yeah, and one of them is Hulk. Thor's hammer. And now, and now, I, don't I think, like. The, I, don't, I don't think Hulk has it, but it might be. No, wet I like the Thor's hammer theory because that would explain. Maybe, maybe the Hulk has it as a kidney stone, and he like passes it, and it's a fucking Infinity Stone. He goes, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> that would be fucking ridiculous. He's just pissing one day and goes, "Ting!" But so if it if it is in Thor's hammer, okay. Was Thor, is the Thor's hammer generally have that? I don't think so. I'm just saying, like, what if it is the uh, reason behind Vision being able to pick it up? I think Vision could pick it up because he's not human. He doesn't. Have... Yeah, but like, wouldn't it be interesting if it, if the real reason was because he's got an Infinity Stone in his head, and that they it, when they're together, it recognizes it? Hmm. That'd be an interesting way to add it to the movie. See, there's six gems. Okay, hold on a second. Six gems. Okay, green. The, the soul gem from the comic books is taken from the in-betweener. That's that guy from the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? No, that guy is the collector. Oh, the champion. These are all the pe- these are all those people. So the Grand Master has the blue one. He's definitely from Ragnarok. I'm not sure if the comics. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. You can. All right. So uh, while he's looking that up. The Easter egg that I didn't mention at the very beginning of this podcast, for spoiler reasons, was Avengers Tower. We saw Avengers Tower in the yeah, movie. right in the beginning. It was awesome. Yeah. He poked. He looked at me. He goes, "You see that shit?" Yeah, it was, it was very apparently. You see the big fucking A in the New York skyline. So that was pretty cool. Now I have a list of thirteen Easter eggs here that happened in the movie that I got off the internet. So I didn't. I didn't spot all these myself because I'm not that well endowed with Doctor Strange lore. See, I don't think it would be stupid for them to have the Infinity Stone in the hammer because. If they took the stone out of the hammer, would his hammer lose its power? I don't know. Because I, in the comic books, I don't. I do not think that's what I, it I don't, is. It's all purely speculation. I, I'm just. This is you know. It was all things that start with H. That I, are I just can't up. imagine that's going to be it. I don't think it'll be it. It would his, be interesting. His, his hammer is his hammer. Like it's not it has nothing to do with that. I don't think. Right. As far as everything I can see is all about the Marvel Cinematic. Which stone universe. is missing then? Which one is it? Soul. Soul. So, it, it could even further credit the theory like what if the stone recognizes your worthiness if it's your soul stone like yeah I guess you know your worthy soul like you know what I mean like, I just don't like it being it might not be because that would feel that'd like be that would take away its power which I don't agree with that what is hide mall Heimdall Heimdall that's the well it says hide mall on the picture oh <laughs> hide mall hide them all yeah, the soul creates ability to control, attack, and even steal a being's soul or abilities. Hmm. Seeing as with the hammer don't do that. Right. Interesting. Well, all right. So the first Easter egg that is in this movie, uh, I don't really know why this is considered an Easter egg, but the song that's playing while Strange has his life-changing car crash is a psychedelic rock classic Interstellar Overdrive, 1967, by Pink Floyd. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, another Easter egg is called the Living Tribunal. While sparring, Mordor wields a weapon he names as a staff of the Living Tribunal. He goes on to explain that some magic is too powerful to be sustained by humans alone, so artifacts are used to carry the burden. 
The Living Tribunal is, in fact, one of the most powerful beings in all of Marvel. This vast humanoid cosmic entity protects the multiverse from destruction. It usually intervenes when the cosmic balance is seriously threatened. In the comics, Doctor Strange was the first Earth dweller to encounter this awesome being. Interestingly, the Living Tribunal's power is said to dwarf that of the Infinity Gauntlet, which wow. is amazing. Like, you know, this Infinity Gauntlet with all of its stones are supposed to be like, you know, people are like, oh, Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, nobody can touch him, blah, 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 blah. But this thing dwarfs that. Like, it, That's crazy. And which is about to dominate the MCU in its first movies. Either way, it's good to know that the, tri the Tribunal exists, just in case the Avengers don't patch things up in time. <laughs> So we got more mystical artifacts. There are a lot of weird words uttered in Doctor Strange, but almost all of them are rooted in the source material. For instance, the wand of the Watum, which Mordo mentions in passing, is and is wielded by Wong at the movie's climax. That thing was badass. We didn't really see what it did, but it was cool. Right. It's a reoccurring MacGuffin in plenty of Strange's stories. In the comics, there are six mystical artifacts from different dimensions that bear the name Wand of Watum. They are objects of immense power capable of greatly enhancing the mystical energies of the wielder. The very first wand of Watum was broken until it was reconstructed by the disciples of Dormammu. Mordo also wears the vaulting boots of Valtor, which were fucking badass. Yeah, those things were cool. When he when he did that and then punched fucking Doctor Strange, it was dope. Yeah, it was awesome. <coughs> Doesn't seem to be any mention of these in boots in the comics. Valtor is another powerful mystic mystical enti entity Strange invokes repeatedly in the comics. Typically, he adopts the form of a gas, the vapors of Valtor, or snakes, as as you do, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Easter egg number four. Stan Lee expands his mind. This was, you know, he, you always know that he's going to be in here. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, as Strange stumbles through a kaleidoscopic Manhattan, which is the perfect explanation for what it looked like, because as soon as I saw him, it looks like a kaleidoscope. Uh, he slams into the side of a bus carrying his co-creator, Stan Lee. And Stanley is busy immersing himself in Aldous Huxley's 1954 essay, The Doors of Perception, which is a philosophical account of Huxley's experiences while using masculine, a natural occurring hallucinogen which, with effects similar to LSD. This is a reference not only to the trippy quality of Steve Ditko's early work on Strange, but also the way in which the character resonated with, and in some respects foreshadowed, the trends of 1960s counterculture. Uh, yeah, so... He, he was reading a book about that shit. That was interesting. It was funny. He's like, huh, that's hilarious. Like, yeah. that's, Stanley's fucking awesome. I, I think the best one so far has got to be from the Avengers. Uh, or from Civil War, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. When he was like, Tony Stank. Tony Stank. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny as shit. up every time. All right, so Ditko's Dark Dimension. The influence of Strange's other creator, Steve Ditko, is also writ large. Nowhere is this more evident than when we enter the dark dimension towards the film's conclusion. So Which like I said... like what you brought up to me about fucking... Kevin what, Smith. Kevin Smith said. Yep, he said it was, it was fucking perfect. So I, it's pretty awesome. All right, the sixth Easter egg. Nicodemus West. The doctor who operates on Strange's hands and, and steals free crisps from the hospital vending machine is Nicodemus West. Uh, he was that one that he... That one that missed... Yeah, mispronounced that, that guy yeah. for the first time. Uh, he played in the movie by Michael Stahlberg. That's who that was. Yep. West is a prominent character in The Oath, 2007, a popular five-issue Doctor Strange miniseries by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin, which heavily heavily influenced the tone of the movie. In that story, West follows Strange to Kamartage and also trains under the Ancient One. Before leaving prematurely and fulfilling a more devious role, it's possible West is being set up to have a larger role in the future movies. Or perhaps it's just a nice wink to the story. Yeah. It's much like... Uh... Much like the, let me think here, 
be much like the the winks at uh, the Dark Knight Returns storylines from Batman v Superman. You know what I mean? Like no. sim, like the Dark Knight Returns had the similar things, like the armor. And, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. It's like, you know, what I mean, but it wasn't an exact adaptation. You right. know what I mean? So it's just small winks at the right. At, like, yeah, they're not gonna make it exact, but at the story. So, all right, uh, Easter egg number seven: the Oath's operating scene. The Oath provided more direct inspiration for one of the movie's most memorable scenes, in which Christine Palmer operates on Strange while speaking to his astral form. Astral there we go. Astral, yes. Astral, the astral plane of existence. Right. So the Oath, final. The scene plays out in the Oath almost identically, except for the in the source material, it's night, it's night nurse, not Palmer. So I guess she's not the night nurse yeah. who operates on Strange. So that's interesting. I thought she was a night nurse. I don't know. Um, and then we got number eight, the book of Cagliostro, if I said that right. While Strange is most closely associated with the book of Vishanti, the movie's plot revolves around the incantation taken from the book of Cagli- Cagliostro, a magical text penned in the late 18th century that gathers together mystical knowledge from countless sources. In the comics, the book was stolen by Baron Mordo, who wished to use its power to defeat the Ancient One. In the movie, however, it's Cassilius who steals the text in the opening sequence. Cali- Cagliostro, final. Marvel Premiere Volume 1, Number 12. In the comics, the book contains the knowledge to control time. In the movie, this is slightly reworked. It contains information on how to use the Eye of Agamotto to achieve the same end. So, alright. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, Easter egg number 9. Thank you, Master Hamir. Master Hamir, the sorcerer with the one hand who Strange mistakenly presumes to be the Ancient One, is an allusion to Hamir the Hermit. Hamir, early appearance no- to Strange Tales Number 133. Alrighty then. Let's let it go. Fuck it. Um, in early issues of Strange Tales, he was the Ancient One's personal servant, and later we also found out he was the father of Wong. Oh. Hamir, father and son, one article, Doctor Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts, number 75. We asked the director about this, and while it's definitely a reference to the character, Master Hamir isn't Wong's father in the movie. So that's. Oh, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, number 10, Daniel Drum. The master of the New York Sanctum is referred to as Drum. Strange comic Daniel Drum. Marvel's Doctor Strange Prelude Number 1. This is Daniel Drum, confirmed by an official prequel comic. The brother of Jericho Drum, a.k.a. Brother Voodoo, another heroic sorcerer in the Marvel comics. Jericho frequently summons his brother's spirit as a source of strength and power. Daniel Drum and Jericho Drum. Daniel and Jericho Drum, Brother Voodoo. Daniel's death at the hands of Cassilius definitely opens up the possibility of us seeing Jericho down the line. Cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. So we talked about this one already. The Eye of Agamotto and the Time Stone. I don't have to go into that anymore. We just um, Strange turns down an interesting case. Now this, I think, is confirmed to not be true. But moments moments before his life-changing car crash, Strange evaluates a series of potential cases. The first one he turns down is described as an Air Force colonel who has been injured wearing some experimental armor. Some believe this to be Rhodey from Civil War, uh, a.k.a. War Machine, who was paralyzed during the um, The events of Civil War. Events of Civil War and uh, from Vision. Or perhaps the test pilot we saw using one of Justin Hammer's knockoff suits in Iron Man 2. Director Scott Derrickson told us it's neither, that you shouldn't read too much into that phone conversation. So people have been reading into it like crazy. There you have it. You don't have to. I guess this is a continuation. Justin Hammer's suits aren't great. So if those aren't references, when does Strange take place in the wider MCU timeline? Derrickson 
said that his training takes place roughly a year. Um, and the events at the end of the movie bring us up to the rest of the MCU. So, now This is a very interesting Easter egg, which is cool. Uh, Cumberbatch plays Dormammu. While the movie's second villain, Dormammu, is mysteriously absent from the film's closing credits, the director revealed to us that the facial capture for the character was performed by Benedict Cumberbatch, while the voice was provided by an unidentified British actor. Here's what Derrickson said about the dual role and how the dual role and how it came about. We know it was an all CG character, but we, as we are in production, Benedict brought it up to us, brought to us an idea. He said, "What would you think about me doing it?" I said, "Let me think about it." You know, it's an interesting idea because I did fancy the idea that as this other dimensional being, he's not moving through the dark dimension with a countenance, with his eyes and face, eyes and mouth, and a human visage. Why would he? He takes that form on to communicate with Strange. The more I thought about it, the more I liked the idea, said Derrickson, because no one understood Dormammu better than the Benedict did. I also wrote that role to be a kind of ultra-inflated version of Strange. He is an ego run he is an ego run amok. He is this cosmic conqueror where everything where literally everything in the multiverse is about him. There's something interesting about this confrontation of this little tiny guy who has this power of time and this monstrous conqueror who is trapped by a clever gambit. There's something about that there's there's something about that that worked well, and I didn't think anybody to interact with Benedict than he himself. So there you have it. Cumberbatch is both a Marvel hero and a villain. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. So, <clears throat> that's everything we have on this movie, and I believe that we covered it to the fucking brim. Now, I did have a couple of things here that just, it was just like a rating, it was like a Rotten Tomatoes ratings for all of the Marvel Universe movies that were out so far. As far as I can tell, Doctor Strange isn't involved. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, so this is... I'm not going to read uh, about what these... There's like an article that comes with it, but... So, so far, the first one, Iron Man in 2008 is a 94%. Marvel's The Avengers in 2012 is 92%. Followed by Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014 with a 91%. Captain America Civil War is a 90%. Doctor Strange is a 90%. Winter Soldier is a 89%. Ant-Man is an 81%. Captain America, the first Avenger, is 80%. Iron Man 3 is 79%. Thor is 77 Age of Ultron is 75 Iron Man 2 72 The Incredible Hulk, I believe, with... Um, what the hell is his name? Uh... Edward Norton, that's a 67%, and Thor the Dark World was 66%. Agreeably, those are the worst two of, huh. of those. Um, the more I think about it, the more I don't I don't think I really liked Thor 2 all that much. It was okay. It was very anticlimactic in my opinion. So, for the most part here, I mean, I'm not going to take an average or anything, but, I mean, 9, 94, 92, 91, 90, 90, 89, 81, 80, like... 79 none, none of them are below 60% which is awesome. So if you I mean if you if you agree with that then then hell yeah and I mean and, I wouldn't put Iron Man at number 1 in my opinion. Iron well, Man no, was okay. No, this is just uh, the the ratings that they've gotten on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I know, but I'm just saying like I can't believe it got a better rating than other those other like Civil War was so much better. Oh, absolutely. But I I and I wonder, I don't know. That's weird. Fucking movie reviewers are shitty. <laughs> But, yep, so I, I don't have anything else to say about Doctor Strange. 
Go see it. Just said it was amazing. I'm gonna. I want to watch it again. I might even go to our Dubois Theater if it's still there, just to see it again. Yeah. Got free tickets. Might as well use them. Yeah. It'd be worth it. Oh. But the next movie I'm definitely seeing is Fantastic Beasts. Can't but, wait for that fucking movie. Yeah. So if you, if uh, if you got some free time and you haven't seen it yet, go see it. If you want to see it again, go see it twice. Fuck it. It's worth it. But that that'll end the Doctor Strange review. We are going to get into the rest of our stuff. We have a uh, um, short little summaries slash discussions about uh, DCCW TV shows and The Walking Dead. So we're gonna get right into that right now. guys we got season seven episode four of the walking dead called the service it was a 90 minute special and we opted out of getting any information about who directed it or special guests or music but we're going to read the little a little bit of a summary and talk about it uh here and there so following the crisis of the premiere episode the alexandrians are attempting to accept their fate and prepare for negan's arrival only to have negan show up earlier than expected a little pig little pig let me in Michonne is off practicing with a rifle, unaware of their sudden arrival. Negan, backed by the Saviors and Daryl, decide to start taking what Negan considers to be half, along with every single one of their guns, including the ones they stole from the Saviors themselves, leaving them completely defenseless. Meanwhile, Dwight sends Rosita and Spencer on a mission to receive Daryl's bike. The Saviors proceed to take most of their beds, furniture, practically everything but their food, which Negan so graciously decided to keep, or let them keep. When two guns come up missing, Negan threatens the life of Olivia. If they are not found... If they are not found. <laughs> Lo and behold, they are found, hidden in Spencer's house, along with food, liquor, etc. During all this, Negan once again emasculates Rick by making him carry Lucille all day. And Carl, with his man-sized balls, attempts a standoff against one of the saviors over some medicine. When Negan shows up to shut that shit down, upon their... I'm reading it with such a terrible infliction. Yeah, you are. It's not making much sense. I know. Upon their departure, Rick spots Michonne and comes up with a plan. He retrieves the gun from Michonne, hoping that this honest that his honesty and cooperation toward Negan would allow them to have Daryl back, which fails. I just slid my dick down your throat, and you thanked me for it. Yep. Now, this episode was cool. A lot of shit right from the comics. Oh, yeah. Like, starting from little pig, little pig, let me in. As soon as Deej saw that, he was like, yes! I was like, that was beautiful. Was perfect. Like, it was exactly what you'd think. And then, you know, him killing the walker in the beginning, saying, oh, look, I look, I do you a service. I didn't I didn't just beat down a, a ginger, but in the comic he says Asian. Right. Uh, I helping you. Like, it's just, Absolutely. It was cool. And then him forcing Rick to carry Lucille around. Just like one, like it's the same concept as in the RV that time when he had him have that rifle. Or, like, he had that axe or whatever. Right. He ain't gonna do shit. Like, yeah, and and Rick thought about it too. You know, oh, what absolutely. I mean? I'm I'm sure. Part of me would have just done it. Like, you know, just kill Negan. What the fuck? Like, yeah. I mean, you get killed in the process. You should at least avenge your friends. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of things that happen. Like even even when Carl when Carl is uh, uh handling that 
when he has that confrontation with the saviors. And it was a different circumstance. It was, like Carl said that pretty much right when they walked in through the gates. Yeah, pretty much. But, but he's like, you don't want to stick around to see what we're actually capable of. And Negan's like, oh, excuse the shit right out of me. Is that a threat? He's like, like, are you threatening me? No, it was cool. Like, now, Carl in the comics is quite a bit younger at this point. Like, TV show Carl is getting quite a bit older than his counterpart, which is it's hard to avoid, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, like, uh, you know, Daryl didn't exist in the comics, so none of his storyline would have happened in the comic books. But it was just a good in a good episode. I mean, I can't remember if they took all their guns or not. I don't think I don't think they did. I don't remember. I cannot remember that. Right. We're gonna have to go back and look. But he did. He was talking about. Oh, I realized you have a fat person guarding all the food. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just like he said it. Right and another thing, they didn't they didn't draw any comparisons to. But when Negan finally walks in and sees Alexandria for the first first time, he's like, "This is beautiful." He's like, "This, this place is... is magnificent." But in the comics, he says. He's like Rick. He's like this place is beautiful. It's cocksucking magnificent. Like it's just his boy. His bat. His words are terrible in the in the comic books. So it, every everything about this episode was on point. It was super intense the whole time. And there's one funny thing I want to say though is that this savior randomly walks up to uh, Negan with a video camera, and he's like, "You got to see this." And then so, oh yeah, like Negan's like, "I'm hoping for something dirty." Crosses his fingers, but he looks at it and it's the interview that uh, Diana did on them when they first arrived. Yeah. And Rick, you know, Rick has his fucking beard, his hair's all long. And like Negan pretty much is like, Holy shit. He goes he goes he goes, Man, you've been through the ringer or whatever. He goes, I wouldn't have fucked with this guy. <laughs> he goes, But you are different. It was just it, I laughed my fucking as soon as he said I wouldn't have fucked with this guy, like I would've oh my god, it was so funny. I literally cannot tell you how much I can't wait to see these episodes uncut. Yeah. Because that was, I don't know. You think they're going to do that for every Negan episode? That They say that they that Negan, or that Jeffrey Dean Morgan films every scene twice. I hope so. That would be cool. That they do takes for, you know, obviously there you know there's certain things that he does by himself for those reasons. You know what I mean? Because, right. like, when we watched the uh, uncut version of the finale, you know what I mean? A lot of the stuff was the same, except for him. Same cuss words. Yeah, same fucking stuff. Um but a lot of the stuff, a lot of their emotions was the same, which is which is cool because they do these scenes, they do his scene, his his f bomb scenes first. So when he's doing these scenes, there that's the reactions we're getting from our actors. Oh right, we're getting them, we're getting their reactions to him swearing at them and and, and putting them down. But then AMC releases the the other version, so the, and then they just cut them together. It's like a, so it's it's pretty interesting. That's what, at least that's what Kirkman says. I don't know, but, um, how incredibly true that is, but. And like the episode ends, and like with Michonne sees a fire, and she goes up, and it's their mattresses are just burned, that's which is fucking bullshit up. because they just took their beds just to do that. Like that's fucked up. Yeah, that is fucked up. And, but, and something we didn't we didn't put this in the in the uh, summary, but Michonne is having a real hard time coming to terms with with doing this, accepting their fate. Yeah, much. accepting all of this, and and Rick basically has a meeting with everybody in the church about the guns, and he said that he goes, "I'm not the leader anymore." He's <clears> like, "This is Negan's world now." Like this. You're gonna have to deal with it. Did Rick ever seem this defeated in the comics? Uh, maybe. I don't know. We're gonna see. I can't wait for him to meet Ezekiel. I cannot wait. It's gonna be interesting, and and it's cool because Michonne says like, she's like, we can take him down. He goes, we got the hilltop, and they're like, that's still these still have more people. Like, yeah. But he doesn't. They don't know about the, the fucking kingdom, so you know. Right. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. So hopefully that comes soon. I know that. I don't know what happens next week. I didn't see the the trailer for it but i know episode six is another fucking hour of uh 
like a one-off following Hera, Terra and Heath. Yeah, we haven't even fucking seen them. I know, but that's what they're... they're we're going to find out what they've been up to, mm-hmm. which I'm not... I don't care. No. <laughs> I really don't. But I like Heath, but I Terra, like Heath, yeah. whatever. Heath, Heath I, is great. Their story doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't but, care what they're doing. Well, uh, that's it for Walking Dead. Maybe that's what the boat will have something to do with. Maybe. Who knows? Not really sure, but Michonne is kind of sort of becoming isolated yeah. as of right now. But yeah, we're going to get, we're done with Walking Dead and we're going to get into Supergirl. Yeah. This is uh, Supergirl Season 2, Episode 5, titled Crossfire. Uh, We have a little plot summary here for you guys. While one alien is trying to educate another alien on how to be a normal human, a.k.a. Supergirl to Mon-El, which I I wrote this, I put this in here because I think it's just funny that the one person trying to teach this alien how to be human is an alien herself. Yeah. But it's just cool to me. But uh, while this is going on, Jimmy struggles with his importance to the world. You know, saying he's always saying like, oh, "I've always been a sidekick." He goes, "I've never, you know, I watch all my friends with capes and stuff, and you know, I want to do more." Blah blah blah. Um, and Alex struggles with her sexuality, which, like, <laughs> anyway, Cadmus has released alien weaponry to a group of criminals with the intent to heighten the fear of alien threats and making people believe they need weapons for protection. After several attacks, they decide to go after Lena Luther after being warned not to by the leader of Cadmus. Lena invites Supergirl for protection when they are quickly taken down, the the thugs. While in custody, Cadmus terminates these men to protect their identity. In the final act, Alex accepts that she may be gay, and Lena Luther and Supergirl are talking and are interrupted by Lena's mother, who just so happened to be the leader of Cadmus. So that was quite the. I don't is she? I don't know if she's a Luther or what. Like, that's weird. That is pretty weird. Uh, well, Lena is adopted, yeah. Yeah, but... I wonder if that is her biological mother or... Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Because we don't have a name for that lady, as far as I know. Uh, Yeah, I don't. But, I mean, this episode... It was a good episode, I think. Like... Yeah, not a whole lot happened. Those fucking no. weapons, though, man. Damn. Yeah, those weapons were crazy. That gravity weapon, dude. That fucking gravity weapon sent that fucking police car straight up into the atmosphere, dude. It was, yes, like, freezing. Yes, it fucking did, man. It was on its way to fucking space. Yeah. And one of them was... It was, like, fucking up Supergirl. Like, it was fucking her up. Like, yes, yeah, sir. Like it wasn't really, wasn't really damaging her all that much, but it was no, it was sending no. her out of the fucking way for sure. But, but I, I mean, a lot a lot of stuff happens. We get we get our first little uh, look at um, Jimmy becoming a vigilante, which will lead into yeah. Guardian, which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, or the Guardian, I and guess. And the whole fact of Alex being gay with that girl, like I said, I'd I'd watch that scissor show any day of the week. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. If a video leaked with that man. 
I'll be all over that shit. <laughs> Alex Danvers and Sawyer, Agent Sawyer. Oh. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Nothing else too crazy happened in this episode. Hank Henshaw did not appear one time. Yeah, we didn't see him. Nothing. Not one. He's probably on some special mission or something. Got no more furthering plot about the White Martian no. or Miss Martian. No. And if he's off doing something about that. Doing yeah. With that. So not not a whole hell of a lot. Monel is hilarious in yeah, this episode. Him trying to adapt is funny. He's like these these fucking red tube things are delicious. He's like, <laughs> he's like pure joy. Red vines is what I'm pretty sure they were red vines. Yeah, like a whole tub of them, and he's getting ready. He was trying to have sex with that with uh, Miss Tessmacher in the in the. Oh yeah. Supergirl was like listening to find him, and she goes, "Do you have protection?" He goes, "Do you mean like a sword or something?" <laughs> I forget, that was so funny. But. And he's like, are you sure that one of my superpowers isn't, like, getting any woman that I want? She's like, no. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. I, was like, yeah, I think you got to have to go to the bathroom. But, but. All right. Well, that uh, pretty much covers Su- Supergirl. Yeah, sorry these are short this week. and no, there's, yeah. there's no Flash this week, so thank you, uh, President-elect Trump. Already fucking shit up. <laughs> Sorry, I like Trump already. He's already. Um, yeah, so we got uh, Arrow. We're going to have to summarize it on top of your head, dude. Arrow, Season 5, Episode 6, So It Begins. Alright, so the episode... The episode starts off with them seemingly trying to track down Prometheus. Yes. Oh, well, they're trying to track down Church. Well, they already know Church is dead, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, they were trying to signal... They were trying to find the signal of Church's cell phone, and they're running through... Yeah, well, they... But they they weren't trying... They knew Church was dead because... Okay. uh, Remember, because they were talking about the whole police force being taken out, and then Church being... They have to have known Church was dead. It was a public one. Yeah. But they knew somebody had his phone. That's why they thought it was a trap or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they follow the they follow the signal to church's cell phone into a, a, an abandoned warehouse, obviously. Where else? Yeah. And it, Oliver immediately is like says something along the lines that the, he's pretty sure this is a trap. And Felicity's like, well, why aren't, why aren't the recruits there with him? He goes, because it's a trap. <laughs> right. So an ominous message is sent to Oliver and Diggle. By means of fire and some some sort of fire Ignite. stimulant, yeah. um, and it says so it begins. You know what I mean? So it's obviously coming from Prometheus. Yes. And then the episode goes on to. Um, you're gonna have to help me remember. We didn't write down a summary. You see this. a little bit of uh, Oliver's mayoral. He's doing an interview with that that reporter lady, which seems to go well. Um, you know, Felicity is constantly through the episode trying to get him, you know, involve your team, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Diggle's very against it, too. Yeah. You know, he's like, there's no reason, you know, because, like, uh, it already happened once that Mad Wild Dog or whatever, he gave up Oliver's name. So, he's like, it's even more reason. This guy is obviously more dangerous than Church. Right. And they couldn't even handle dealing with Church. So, right. so and you Diggle, can't blame them. Yeah, yeah, and Diggle just thinks that him and Oliver are a good enough team to do it on their own. Yeah. So, the episode continues to explore... Oliver's time in the Broadfa, also. Um, Which we finally get to see Dolph Lundgren. Yes, finally. As Constantine Kovar. Kovar, yeah. So the first flashback opens up with, like, a sh- uh, Oliver building some sort of bomb, which was funny. Yeah. Um, and 
then there's like a shootout, like a drive-by that's happening, and and he's like, "What the hell was all that all all, all that for, Anatoly?" And Anatoly's like, "This is this is uh, Kovar, you know, starting war with the Bratva." And he's like, "Well, he's like, I thought becoming part of the Bratva meant that it would get me closer to Kovar." He's like, "Well, it is." Like, yeah, he's like, "This is your chance." So and then, it, then it flashes back to uh, Star City and what's going on there. Uh, we see Prometheus again. And, you know, he's there's this woman, just this random woman. Seems she has children, obviously, because there's toys everywhere. Right. And she's vacuuming, cleaning up, and then Prometheus just shows up, mm-hmm. and just kills her. Like seemingly, like we have like we're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Why just, would he kill this woman? Like, yep. No reason at all. <clears throat> now we learn why later, but yeah. And the scene following cracks me the fuck up. When they're the police are oh, at her yeah. house. And then all of a sudden, Oliver, like, walks through the door as the Green Arrow. And, like, there's, like, an, a CSI guy. He looks up. He's like, shit. Like, <laughs> and he, it's just so cool seeing him there like, in front of these people. Yeah. He, he doesn't show. It's like in any comic or any cartoon or when you see Batman with people, it's weird. It is really weird, you know yeah. I mean? And it's just so cool. Because um, he seems even, like, it's the same concept as a stop motion. I finished it just recently. Yeah. The way Iris West explains it, she goes... Because when uh, Martian Manhunter came to her house to take her to the watchtower and on the moon for safety, she goes, and when I got there, and then Wonder Woman and Superman are just standing there waiting for her. She goes, it's this amazing feeling. Like these gods are just standing here waiting. Right. She goes, but then she saw Batman. And she goes, now this took her breath away. Like, right. This is Batman. Like, you know, like, you know it's, it's just strange. He had more of an impact on her than Superman did. Or it just, yeah. It just, it'd probably be the same with Oliver. Like, you don't see him too often. Right. Which is just cool. It was just I like that idea. And so he enters the room, and Adrian Chase immediately turns around. And is like, "Give me him. Give me the room with him for a minute." Um, they're just discussing what's going on, and he's like, "Why are you here? And you know, who is this lady?" And blah blah blah. And he's like, "Well, the more important question is, what well, what does this mean to you? You know what, what I mean? You know that I don't." Yeah, and he says, "Well, the killer's name is Prometheus. He calls him calls himself Prometheus. Like, um, <clears throat> that's pretty much all that happens. Like, and he hands him this like throwing star thing, and Oliver and Thea are trying to keep it from the media, but it." leaks out or something something happens and, causing and, a panic in the city yeah and Oliver does not want that and uh, the uh, news reporter lady I can't remember her name it's not important right now <coughs> um, bitch titties bitch titties she puts out a news report that's uh, calling this thing the throwing star killer and Oliver's yeah. like the throwing star killer really sounds like, like something out of Dexter yeah it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah it does sound like something out of Dexter <laughs> The what the fuck is the name of that? The ice cream truck killer. The ice cream truck killer. The Trinity killer. The Trinity killer. The Doomsday killer. The Doomsday killer. The throwing star killer. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. But so immediately following this, another uh, several actually more murders seemingly of the throwing random. star. Yeah, seemingly completely just random. Taxi driver. There's just another dude. Some other guy. You know, it just. Yep. They all they all show up dead all the same way. Without, same the same mo. Felicity yep, says without any seemingly connection like they don't seem to be connected in the slightest right so uh, immediately felicity and diggle get to work on finding the connection for it which he has a dope ass computer that can just do that like oh, how convenient like, hell yeah that's cool like, yeah yeah how conveniently enough that, that she does and it it produces some sort of algorithm <coughs> that, the, that the fbi doesn't even use and they ultimately come up with the come up with the uh theory that he's working up, like the zodiac killer which i didn't know this about the zodiac killer i, don't, I haven't seen that movie so i don't um but in that these people that he's killing, their names spell out an anagram to send a message to Oliver. Names that were taken out of his murder book from season one. Right. So these all these names were scrambled and re 
done to create names that were yeah that came out of the book from season one. So at this point, this tells us that it's somebody that knows the book. They yes. have to have seen the book, or they couldn't do this. It's not possible. Yes. So I don't know how many people even know of the book's existence. I know there's some Broadwood that saw it. There's maybe Tommy, if that's still an idea. Yeah. I don't even know if Tommy ever saw the book or not. I don't know. Or that would have been friends with Oliver's father. Yeah, that too. So during all of this undertaking bullshit. You know Flashpoint I mean? still happens. We still don't know what's different. Exactly. <clears throat> all but, except for that John has a boy. Yeah. But this led to the team finding out that Oliver had a murder book, and they were, like, criticizing him for it. Like, oh, you're, how are you talking to us? Like, you're a hypocrite. You know, you're a, you're a serial killer, technically. And right. Was, I mean, for one thing, it was four years before them, so... Yeah. You know, he's grown a lot. I mean, he still was doing some killing now, but as Diggle put it, he goes, you know, you were killing Church's men. You had to. Church died. You had to do it. He goes, on the other hand, the book is full of, like, lawyers and people that are just bad that you were using killing as a first resort, not a last. But now he's flip-flopped that, so... Correct. I'm cool with. I'm fine with it. I think his team are a bunch of bitches, man. I do not like them. Yeah, I don't either. Pain in the ass. Wild Dog's a little punk ass bitch. That girl is a fucking wine ass. Ragman is just. I don't know. Dude, he is fucking impossible to understand. Like what he's saying. When he's talking. Oh, I don't know. Like I don't know what he <laughs> said to the. Like he said he has like one line, as Ragman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when he's Ragman. He when, yeah, when he's Ragman, it's fine. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I was just like, what are you talking about? When he's Ragman, I have no fucking idea what he's saying. It, he's harder to understand than... than I don't, who's fucking hard to understand? Zoom. No, Zoom wasn't really all that hard to understand. I just think it's like... If it incorporated that into the show, but like Ragman would be like saying... And the, the guy's like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you threatening me? I don't... I mean, seriously, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, are you actually threatening me or... But, uh... He takes his mask off. He's like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> like I gotta piss, um, but and then it leads to, you know, they 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 pinpoint the certain people that might be killed, which to me, there's a train conductor guy. That Oliver was gonna kill. Why would that train conductor guy be in Oliver's book? No, it wasn't. It was. But that it was, was one of the guys that Prometheus was gonna go after. Yeah, but Prometheus was going after guys, and he was going after several people, and their names. <laughs> their names. Like, he would kill, like, say he would kill, like, five guys. All right? The names would then be scrambled up. Yeah, and they, for they them would... to find a random person whose name might be an anagram for another name. That's, I mean, that's some serious that fucking work. ridiculous, dude. Yeah. But he was just doing it randomly just because, like. Well, whatever. What's her name? What's that bitch's name? Which one? The girl. Evelyn Sharp. Yeah, what's her name? Her hero name. Right. Oh, Artemis. Artemis. <clears throat> Uh, they all split up to certain people uh, in case Prometheus shows up because they have an idea of the certain, like, maybe six guys that might be getting attacked. And, of course, Artemis, the one Artemis is on the train conductor, Prometheus shows up to her, of course. Right. And she doesn't seem to, she doesn't call out like she's supposed to because his team's a bunch of little fucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she shuts, it, she shuts off her uh, calm communicator thing to Felicity because Felicity won't shut up on Which, the other end. To me, this is weird. I mean, she's a decent fighter. But Prometheus can't be all that badass because she was holding uh, her own against him. Malcolm Merlin would never have got cut by her. Never. No, never in a million. Never years. Never in a hundred. Never. And but this guy, you know, she actually got him. Like, right. You know what I mean? So like, how great is this person? Like, it's pretty weird. Like he's he seems to be really experienced, <clears throat> but at the same time, he had, lacking. Like, a sword and shit too is cool. Yeah, it's it's strange. I, I I I'm so intrigued though as to who this is. Like, yeah, he can't be that badass because for one thing. 
Malcolm Merlin would never have been touched by the girl, for one. Rachel Ghoul, who oh, Oliver had defeated already, would it, he would have looked at that bitch and killed her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Prometheus can't be on the same level unless... I mean, that's obviously just for cinematic whatever. Yeah. I know, you know what I mean? It's going to be a great fight against Oliver because it's just the way that the show's going to go, but there's no way somebody that good... You know, because Oliver beats all of them up at the same time. Right. So how the fuck is this girl going to land a cut on him? Oh, absolutely. Ludicrous. So... I'll tell you what, dude. You have some fast fucking reaction, though. Yeah, goddamn right, dude. Oliver shows up and shoots that explosive everyone to his back. And he immediately turns around, takes it, and throws it up into the fucking train. Like, it was so crazy. Yeah, dude. And he fucking escapes fast as shit. He's fucking and out of there. while doing that, he puts a bomb on the fucking steering wheel or whatever. So I don't, I don't know <laughs> when the fuck he had. Is he a speedster too? Yeah, who the fuck knows? It's, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. But um, I almost, I almost want to say I want to know who Prometheus is more like just as badly as I wanted to know who Zoom was. It's, it's perplexing me beyond belief, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so then we go back to the flashbacks and Oliver and some other guy from Bratva, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know his name or anything. Are planting bombs in Kovar's bar lair, I something. guess. Some bar, bar, some sort of club. club. Um, and then they're very promptly caught. Yeah, it is like, it's almost like Anatoly set them up. Like It was very... Yeah, like I, mean, I don't think he did, but it just what it, you know. I mean, how the hell? Yeah, so they're 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 promptly caught immediately, <gasps> and yeah, promptly immediately. Listen to me, fucking talk. I'm terrible at mm-hmm. talking. Yeah, but they're caught, and Oliver is put onto a chair, tied to a chair, and then yeah, the, the guys, uh, the guy beside him <coughs> is also behind him, and we are finally introduced to Kovar, which is Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, which Couldn't I said a, a couple Russian weeks ago. Has to play. That yeah. I thought he was. That I, I wonder thought he if was he's going to be... come back because. They made it seem like he's a big deal, you know, in the in the pre trailer. Yeah. So I wonder if he's going to be involved in now. Maybe he's Prometheus. There's, Dolph Lundgren's like nine foot nine. <laughs> There's no way in hell that guy is Prometheus. I love halfway during the episode, Lane goes, "I wonder if Prometheus is Anatoly." I'm like. <laughs> Anatoly is fucking tiny. He's like, five foot two. Like, there's no way. Like, yeah, there's no. We gotta find way. somebody in the middle. So, uh, Dolph Lundgren, or yeah, Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> Kovar tells him some story, um, some Russian story. It's very Russian sounding. Something about a turnip. Yeah, about being in, in a farm and all yeah, that shit, and um, kills kills Oliver's partner or whatever you want to call him behind him and then I just can't wait to see how Oliver gets out of this yeah for sure and we know he does obviously but yeah because it's a flashback but um, so then we uh, we get back to uh, Star City and the throwing star killer is causing a ruckus in some downtown festival see, but he's not even doing it <laughs> people yeah, are but, just uh, going crazy because of the news yeah people are firing guns off like crazy so this this has escalated to a level where Oliver and Diggle decide that they need the rest of the team. So everybody suits up, and I guess this would have happened before. Yeah, that. this happened way before yeah. what we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> so long story short, they after Felicity does some police work and she steals the throwing star from her cop boyfriend. Yeah, and the, the they get the information about it, and by a crazy turn of events, we find out. A little bit more about these throwing stars, which I was not expecting. Yeah, it's like, pretty at, fucking crazy. They're at that event, that music event that Thea, Thea put together. Yeah. And then Felicity pulled him aside and was like, I gotta talk to you about something. And then. So Prometheus seemingly has been grabbing all of Oliver's arrows that are left astray. 
Yeah, that are left astray throughout the city, which I'm sure there are plenty of them. Right. Who knows how long he's been gathering them. Yeah, and he could have been gathering them from season <clears throat> one on, and he's been melting down the arrowheads and making throwing stars out of them. Which is, that's insane. That is dedication. Fuck yeah, that's dedication, which, and it's it's crazy. And then we get a little bit of a spoiler at the end, or not, uh, not a spoiler, but a stinger at the end, involving Captain Lance. He has a throwing star on his desk, or on his, like, on his, his uh, table. coffee table, and he's got his arms all cut up. Yeah. Which would lead everybody to think that he's Prometheus, but i he's too much of a drunk. And he's not that great of a fighter. No, but he would... And they said that the only person who would have to do... that They also said that it would be someone who would have access to police lockup. Which he doesn't. Yeah, which he doesn't anymore, so... Unless being deputy mayor gives you that, but... But somebody's setting him up, I think, because... I, I don't know. Unless, unless he's getting so drunk that he's doing this, I can't... I don't know. I don't... I do not... Unless... I don't know. I don't, Unless it's that same shit that fucking Malcolm used on Thea that causes her to not know what she was doing when she killed Sarah. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting theory. Maybe Malcolm's behind all this then doing this to him. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I, I still stand by Tommy Merlin. Yeah. Because not that Tommy Merlin would have access, but I also totally could think that it's Thea's boyfriend. Yeah, Thea's boyfriend. Because he seemed a little interested. Yeah, he seemed very interested. He was really cool about the fact that she worked for the Green Arrow. Not to mention that a couple episodes back when he spoke to the Green Arrow, mm. he was super fucking cool about it. Right. You know what I mean? He was like, he wasn't taken aback or anything. Like you said, a, even a cop is like, geez, like, right. it's a fucking Green Arrow. And he was all about it. But And another another thing worth mentioning is that all of the people, all of the people in the team, when they found out about Oliver's list, they were like, I thought this was the hood. And Felicity's like, well, he was the hood, the arrow, the green arrow. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, he's been there the, the whole time. The so that, that was pretty interesting. Um, but other than that, I don't, I have no idea. They're leading up, they're leading this up to be something really interesting. I, I do hope that it's Tommy. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I don't even know. I wonder if it, what if it's his dad, dude? <clears throat> Malcolm? No, I'm saying, what if it's Ar- all oh, of these? I don't know. Dad. I don't think so. That would be fucking nuts. Yeah. But I that doubt it. That would be. But, all right, well, that pretty much wraps up Arrow. Uh, we're going to get right into Legends of Tomorrow. talking about legends of tomorrow season two episode five titled compromised now we get the in the last few episodes we haven't seen there hasn't been able there hasn't really seemed to be any uh progression with the main story but seeing the last time on legends made it we're like fuck yeah this is going to be they're going to progress the story because it shows damien dark it shows uh young martin stein yeah young martin stein reverse flash so we start off with I think he's building that seismograph thing for the time quakes. Nathan is. Yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of sort of at the beginning. Well, yeah, but uh, <clears throat> ultimately the episode is, you know, they find out that because Reverse Flash confronts Dark in 1987 Miami, 
Right. And he is saying, he's like, I want to team up. And then Dark's like, what is in it for me? So I think they take he takes Dark out of the timeline, seemingly, which who knows what the fuck effects that could have. Obviously, it hasn't changed anything yet. No, but that, it, <clears throat> it, it just leads me to believe about that, all the stuff that got out about Arrow's 100th episode and how it's going to have all those people in it. Mm-hmm. And like Katie Cassidy's deal and everything like that, yeah. I just I feel like they're gonna. I feel like that's what's gonna happen. But uh, so that you know, the, they go to when Reagan was president. I don't remember the year eighty seven. I think it was. I think yeah. I think it was eighty seven or something. But it had to do with the end of the Cold War, and Damian Dark was an advisor to Reagan somehow. So they go back to try to stop it or find out what's going on, and White Canary. Obviously, she has that grudge against him, so she 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 can never keep quite keep a cool head and went around Damien Dark. Right. So you know they're in the White House. They all go into the White House on a tour, and she sees Damien Dark, or she hears that he's somewhere, and she goes after him, and she gets spotted with a knife, and then that leads to Captain Cold, well right. Arnold Palmer Cold, and Heat Wave having to Arnold come in. Arnold Palmer. Arnold Arnold Arnie Palmies. <laughs> 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 but, Ray Palmer's a golfer now. But uh leads to them having to use their weapons in the White House, and then Firestorm shows up, and then they all leave, and then that causes the fucking mayhem. They're like, we saw a rocket man. Like, oh, like, yeah, all this like, crazy shit. It was dope, though. Like, dude, Firestorm looked awesome in this episode. Dude, if reason. Firestorm threw his fucking nuclear fire at humans, they would die. I'm oh, sorry. absolutely. Like, they, they weakened him down a lot in the show. Yeah. But unless he can control how strong they are, but I don't think so. Yeah, but and he did that force field thing. That was cool. Yeah, it must have just been all heat or something because it was like it's like slowed down time and it like showed the bullets bouncing off the force field. Yeah, it was cool. No, I thought Reverse Flash was gonna come in for a second. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But it, it was even, it was funny because there's a there's a funny scene where Ray Palmer and uh, Mick are eating Ronald Reagan's jelly beans. Like, yeah, because like because Ray is now gonna be a psychic or is his partner whatever right and he goes we don't follow rules and then uh he's like those are joseph reagan's jelly beans he goes eat some he goes i can't it's against the rules he goes we don't follow rules remember <laughs> he and just he eats goes, them and he's oh. like he starts like laughing as he's eating them he's like reagan is my favorite president <laughs> he's so funny uh i love ray palmer man and I, then they shoot there's they're shooting their guns and the streams cross and then he goes I thought, what did i tell you about crossing our streams and he goes i thought you said there was no rules he goes that is the one rule that we follow <laughs> he goes I, I could fix it but <laughs> So like he he's trying to get him to act more like Snark, which ultimately he and he decides that no you can't because he has fe- he has he feel oh fuck he has feelings oh feelings yeah he couldn't Rick Mick couldn't say feelings and it was just funny so the, there's a whole underlying story of uh, uh, Nate Haywood and Vixen who are trying to find the current timeline JSA and they go to the JSA training facility and it is. A shit pile. It is not what she <laughs> this was is the expecting. Best training facility in all of history. Yeah, so she gets right in there uh, via a secret door and a secret code, and everything's all hunky dory until they walk in the building and see that there's nothing there. And they're promptly <laughs> greeted by Obsidian. Obsidian. He's a badass dude. <laughs> Fuck yes, I he's love a badass. His powers. his powers are so cool. Yeah, and it, it, so they are greeted by him, and he's like, "Why did you leave us?" And blah blah blah. You have an aged a day. It's the second. They say it twice in this episode. Like you have an aged a day. Like, oh, that's how time travel this is works. my impersonation of Stephen Hawking saying Obsidian. <laughs> Random. <laughs> so they, all in all, they, try, they, they realize that they need to get Obsidian's help to do uh, a mission 
to go after his killer or no. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah. Well, Vixen. They needed, and, no, they needed to get in the White House, and he had connections. Yes, and they needed to stop Damian Dark from getting the fucking nukes. Yeah, getting nukes because he was going to acquire all these nukes. But uh, they go to the White House again, and you know, and then we see like old, you know, and then, oh, they're spying on Dark, and he's talking to a Russian, and that's when Young Stein comes up, leaving his birthday, his wife, his birthday having wife alone in a hotel. And he's stabbed, yep. which causes Stein to go down. So they go, and then, you know, so Dark takes off, and then they go and rescue Stein and take him onto the... Young Stein, take him onto the ship and heal him up promptly, because that's what... Uh, what's her name? What's the ship's name? The Waverider? No, the ship, the girl on the ship. The, the computer, the AI. Oh, thing. Gideon. Gideon. No, she's really good at that, apparently. So, uh, yeah, so we get back into the White House, and... Damien Dark is down in, a, in some basement doing some deal with these Russians, and the the legends show up, and they're like, oh, he's he's trying to double-cross us or whatever. So they get into a gunfire. Dark takes off. Um, you know, we get to see some of Nathan's powers again, which is cool. He's, You know, people are punching him, breaking their hands, shooting him, bullets bouncing off, hitting him with chairs. Nothing's working. And then uh, he's like, I got this. You go after Dark. So White Canary goes after Dark. And she confronts him, and she takes a, it takes a lot of power for her. She does, you know, she takes a lot of will. And she, uh, and she goes, and she tells him, she goes, you know, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let you live, because I know what happens to you in the future. And she pretty much tells him that, you know, your plan fails. Lane has a small penis. And he, uh, <laughs> he goes, and, you know, she lets him go. And then the, the, fuck, you completely fucked me up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on a roll. she pretty much lets him go, and and uh, he decide. You know, it's, oh, he it, says, it, oh, before that he says, "There's a bomb up there. That all these people are gonna die." So yeah, the rest and, of the team's looking forward to bomb. And this uh, makes Damien Dark change his mind about what he wants to do in his life, which is interesting. Which is know. probably her fucking. She shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, she shouldn't have. She's gonna cause her own goddamn flashpoint. Yeah. By doing this, but it reverse flashpoint. This is yeah, exactly, and this is why I think <clears throat> either. And, and the fucked up thing is, is that is that Ebar Thawne is just so fucked up. He's such a fucked up villain, man. He's gonna let him do it. Like he doesn't care. He does not give a shit. <clears throat> In the and, comic books, he was happy about Flashpoint. <laughs> so yeah, because he, he well, Flashpoint happening let him exist outside the timeline. Yeah. So he was free to do whatever the hell he wanted. So it wasn't affecting his timeline at all. He just doesn't care. What it's what's what's interesting is that Damien Dark now is leaving 1987. Yeah, he does. It was this awesome ship-looking thing, like like a glass orb. And yeah, it was the know. thing that it was the thing that he had in the, at the end of season one of the Flash. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a time sphere. It was the very first, the very very first mention of Rip Hunter. Oh yeah, when his hat came through or whatever. Yeah, but that was that was not Rip Hunter's hat, was it? No, that was that was uh, yeah. Jay Garrick's hat, yeah. but. <clears throat> That was when he was like, that's my cue to leave, like, yeah. for whatever fucking weird reason. But, yeah, he had that time sphere, and he's like, I got this from my friend Rip Hunter. Like, it was weird. Um, I'm but, very disappointed that we didn't get any more of Barry Allen's message in this episode. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna stay disappointed until we can hear that entire message. <laughs> Fuck. But then there's something. She, she says, like, he goes, oh, like the Flash? And she goes, no, faster. Like, Fuck. Flash yeah, is really? far faster than Reverse Flash. Oh, yeah, time. that's been proven many times. But I don't know if Sarah knows that. Nah, probably not, but... Um, so, you know, they find the bomb, Ray, he, he pretty much EMPs it, ultimately, and then he goes, you know, they go back into their ship, and they, you know, they pretty much gotta find what's going on, because the Reverse Flash and Damien Dark are now traveling through time together, so. 
we will see. That's pretty much all that happened. You know, Obsidian got shot. He's, I think he lived. Yeah. Yeah, he lived, and he's like, I'm just. Gonna, I think he had a family. I think that was what he was getting at because when he told her, because Vixen and Rip seem to have had a relationship that she's not admitting to because no Rex. Rex, yeah, sorry, Rex. And uh, so he goes, and Obsidian tells her, he goes, you know, if if you find love, keep it. He goes, like, there's one thing I can tell you after these living these years, like, you know, don't lose that. So. Yeah, but overall, I thought it was a great episode. Great. Uh, I love seeing, like, you know, seeing Thonigan is cool. Like, yeah, and and uh, Stein convinces his younger self to, you know, cherish his wife and make sure yeah, that... all a little prick. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was interesting. It, what I don't remember about young Stein is, that if, is him finding out about the time travelers. Like, he was like, you guys again? He's like, time travel? He saw them in the earlier. I know, but I don't remember, I don't remember them, him figuring it out. He was on the ship. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't remember that very fondly or well, I guess. But either way, I don't. I'm not doubting that it happened. But I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I got nothing else to say. I don't know. It was good. I mean, I think you know, we were missing Flash, which sucks because yeah. Of, but I mean, we'll see it. And they're I still, I still don't know what's going on with next week if they're gonna have. Uh. Just Flash and no Arrow Legends or Supergirl or what? Because at this point, with the election, they're going to be behind an episode for the crossover. So I, you they're going to have to do that. They have to do it, that or at way. least some point before the crossover. They don't have to do it next week per se. But the crossover's episode <coughs> eight, so it'd be episode seven for everything else except for Flash. So they'd almost have to do it. Yeah. Because we're yeah. If they don't do it next week, then they're fucking up a lot of shit. Agreed. But all right, so expect Fantastic Beasts in the coming future, and uh, we're but for for this week we're calling we're calling it. So thanks for joining us. We at Nerd Talkalypse Podcast assume no claim in the sounds, references, music, and graphics, and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerd Talkalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at Facebook.com slash and on Twitter at Nerd You can also email us, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers, iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.